0: Does everybody know what time it is? It's Christmas time. Ching, 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 (laughs) sleigh bells. That's right. It's grunt work.
1: (laughs) We open an establishing shot of balmy Los Angeles, California on March 30th. 2019 two men sit in a podcasting booth booth (laughs) booth keep going it's a corner (laughs) to discuss uh christmas
0: and in in the background christmas time is here the most depressing of the christmas songs well yeah because it's associated with charlie brown every kid's favorite manic depressive
1: cartoon (laughs) not manic depressive just depressed generalized anxiety disorder is what i would say as a non-therapist Sure. Well, you're not Lucy sitting there. in, <laughs> not, in the I mean, I do charge people five cents for uh, my input, but I, I'm not licensed. That's honestly. That's I would
0: even though you're not licensed, five cents for therapy is a pretty damn good deal. <laughs> I mean, even if you even if you do inflation from like what 1958 or whenever they were writing those comics, that's yeah, right. still <laughs> real good. It's, Seriously, yeah. yeah. Um, Truman, it's good to see you, buddy. It's good to see you, too. So glad to be here on uh,
1: Peanuts Work,
0: the <laughs> podcast about the cartoon strip Peanuts.
1: Yeah. We are here for a very special episode, one that I think a lot of listeners have been waiting for. Well, uh, one that we have been waiting for since literally when we, when that, that dark and stormy night yeah. in Santa
0: Barbara when we first dreamed up the idea for this <laughs> podcast. We were like, and we'd have to watch the Santa Claus at some point.
1: I wish I, I gave away the lead. I'm I sorry. would argue that um, I've been prepping for this since I was 12 years old uh if longtime listeners might remember in our interview with john pasquin the director of this movie oh yeah uh, and the first two seasons of home improvement uh i was at the detroit premiere of this at the fox theater um back in 1994 the same fox theater where that karate guy was doing a demonstration <laughs> exactly yep Longtime <laughs> listeners will also remember and he was a great opener to
0: the movie <laughs> he broke a bunch of boards <laughs> and a yule log in half <laughs> <laughs> a flaming yule log what is a yule log is it just like a scented log i i think uh, yeah I, well no i think what, is it the scent of yule uh, no i actually i don't know that it's necessarily scented i think it does christmasy colors when you light it oh is we that know, true i believe so again my family wasn't christian we don't mm-hmm. really know yeah, but, but I, I think I, what i've heard i think is that it's like wrapped up in special chemicals they may not sell but, them anymore because those are chemicals are you confusing might be pretty reality spicy. with harry potter yeah, well, yeah, because you light
1: the log, and then the owl flies in, and uh, and I thought that's that's how you teleport to the Ministry of Magic. Like you light the log, it turns green, you jump in, and then you're there. Yeah, I, I No, something like that. And then there's a guy on a flying motorcycle, and you talk to snakes.
0: And then and then years and years after the fact, uh, a, a rich woman in England mentions that actually you were gay the whole time and had a
1: very intense
0: sexual relationship with someone else. I
1: wonder if there is a magic house for the North Pole, because it does seem this when we get into the deep dive here uh the north pole does seem i mean it's filled with magical children for one thing yes Magical child laborers, magical child slaves. Oh my god! Uh, but I'll tell you something. I would have been more excited for this episode if that's even possible. If I'd known that this is going to be your first time watching the Santa Claus, you told me that on the couch, and it blew my mind. I told you that like halfway through the movie. I kind of thought this was basic knowledge. No, that I had no childhood, and bas- just.
0: Well, I, I mean, I, I knew I, that part. I came. I came out smoking a pipe and, and reaching for a for a gin martini. Uh, yeah, no, I did. I this is my first time viewing the Santa Claus. Wow. I, I th- we talked about this a little bit we we got we started to crack this conversation open and then you were like wait no save it for the podcast uh yes but yeah. um you know i think we i think you know we all have the sort of christmas movies that we grow up with and that we are that that we then give the endless benefit of the doubt to. Yeah, I didn't grow up with this Christmas movie, and I definitely didn't grow up with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes, which is, and this movie, uh, spoiler alert, this movie is way better than than Christmas
1: Vacation. <laughs> Christmas Vacation is a turd. But because- see, but we to discuss this just to balance yeah. the scales again. that sure. Um, when I look back, because I like Christmas Vacation, but sure. I will fully admit that a lot of it rides by on nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, so you not having this nostalgia for it tends to make sense that you think it's dog shit because you could be more objective about it.
0: Yes, whereas I I have totally unreasonable nostalgia for the movie Scrooged, which is not a great movie <laughs> by any means. But I, I I, love it so much because not just that my family watched it every yeah. year, but also that it was kind of always on basic cable
1: because the rights to it must be very cheap. I'm going to throw out the first bit of trivia for the Santa Claus here. Do it. This movie was originally written with Bill Murray in mind. Wow.
0: I now like this movie less because I am picturing Bill Murray in I all those scenes. I'm feeling the same way <laughs> with the exact same script, even yeah. even with like because you know that they rewrote a lot of this for Tim Allen. Yeah, even with
1: Bill Murray doing lines intended for Tim Allen, still Let's would like be careful it with the doing lines. Uh, oh, metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I mean, pointing to Scrooge, you know, or any of Bill Murray's characters in the '80s, he has a uh, a much more accessible way of being a asshole without hating him. Yes. And Tim, whenever he does it, you know, we see it a lot on home improvement where it's like, it's just a little too prickly for me. Yeah. It's a little too hard to digest. Like I get that he needs to start this film out being an asshole in order to make that trajectory all the, the greater. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still a little harsh.
0: and, And again, to contrast this against a movie like *Scrooge* or *Groundhog Day*, which is not a Christmas movie, but it is an asshole has a magical experience that makes him a better person movie. I, you know, Tim Allen's character in this, who in my synopsis I kept referring to
1: as Tim, because he he is basically
0: he's Season Three Tim Taylor. But
1: I will say, there was a point in my notes. Where I stopped referring him to Tim and started referring to him as Santa. Maybe I did too. Which uh, I thought was very indicative of uh, the the kind of success that they have in in the transformation.
0: I, it's it's a real triumph of makeup, and it really is a good transformation. I just didn't. I I don't know. Like he definitely stops being an asshole. At some point in the movie But it's not like he really learns That he was wrong to be an asshole It's more just (laughs) like I guess I'm Santa Claus now (laughs) Um, We're talking very generally Do we want to like How how are we going to do this? How do we want to crack this bitch open? I think we just got to dive right in Uh, Like a a child running onto the lawn Covered in fresh Christmas snow Something that (laughs) a child
1: who grows up in Oregon Never sees because it just rains on Christmas And then James Bond opening theme Style We pull back and that snow turns into the froth on a uh, big cup of uh, hot cocoa that gets drunk by uh, Daniel Craig, I guess. And yeah, Cubby Broccoli presents
0: uh, Snow Business. Like, blow business. Not good. Not like, good at all. Like, show business. So, but yeah, but that implies
1: that this James Bond movie is a big Hollywood satire. Well, I think you could make a, an argument about uh, the state of blockbusters and where Bond fits into all of that stuff. Certainly. I I, well, I was only half listening to that because then I was trying to think of a way that you could redo the
0: opening credits to The Spy Who Loved Me and having the same Carly Simon song <laughs> but having it all be like Santa Claus
1: motifs instead. <laughs> because truly, nobody does it better yeah. than Santa Claus. It's true. And if, uh, if the Santa Claus had a James Bond uh, opening theme song, it would clearly be done by ZZ Top because that's the only pop song that we have in this
2: (laughs)
0: also and okay we we
1: i have a lot of questions about that too okay well we'll get there in due time yeah
0: yeah oh wait i think i okay well i have an answer i think that i thought of for the question but anyway let's go on (laughs) jesus
1: christ i know Uh, well the podcast is over i've done it all in my head uh good night guys let's dive right in why don't we um this movie opens with the walt disney's picture walt disney pictures Presents logo. We are just taking a microscope to this movie, every frame.
0: So at first, you see the little, like a bunch of like sparkles are forming something at the top of the screen. It looks like a little triangle, and then as they move down, you realize, oh wait, this looks like a parapet or something, and then moves further and further down. It's quite a large castle, in fact. And then at some point, I think th- five seconds in, we get the words Buena Vista and then Entertainment down along the bottom. At this point, the entire castle is formed. Background is I think periwinkle or a light blue. What do you say, Landon?
1: Uh, it's definitely it's close to royal, but with a little pastel in it. So it would better be uh, royal. And it also cat- says, well, it doesn't need pictures. It doesn't say point of view entertainment. You're thinking too much about home improvement. You
0: know, okay, that, that really that really undercuts my whole super <laughs> detailed joke when I get all the wrong details. <laughs> okay, we open in space. We see a spaceship flying towards the earth. Then we're in the jungles of Columbia.
1: That's right, it's predator. <laughs> oh man, that you're, you're teasing me here. Um, okay, first image we get interior office building, Christmas party night.
0: Yes. John McClane running barefoot down the hallway.
1: Hans!
0: <laughs> uh, I actually did one of my initial notes is whenever I said... This is my second note. Well, my first note is about the title card, which is the Santa Claus written in Courier New underlined, the most business-like of fonts, and then sparkles transform it to a fancy, whimsical font. But my
1: second note is, Corporate Christmas Party always puts me in mind of Die Hard. <laughs> and you certainly put us all in the mind of Die Hard with your riff on Die, Die Hard? Hard. <laughs> What, yeah, that's basically a single entendre there, Landon. <laughs> no, it's just whenever
0: I see whenever I see people in like big glasses and thick ties, yeah. uh like in an office space celebrating Christmas, all I can think of, all I can
1: think about is is imminent disaster for them and joy for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, because they they get just murdered. Oh and yeah, And getting massacred at one point That's... And, the, and the weird thing is that, that then no one mentions it again For the rest of the movie <laughs> God, it's been a while since I've seen Die Hard uh, Anyway, there is a Santa passing out presents Who we find out momentarily That I guess is the owner of the company Yeah, or like the vice president or something Yeah, yeah. doesn't have any lines He just uh, starts handing out presents um, Presumably drunk to everybody around the party Yeah um, And uh, let's get to the first juicy bit of story Peter Boyle uh, from Everybody Loves Raymond fame or taxi driver fame if you really want to go <laughs> old school with it. Uh... He's giving a speech um, about the year's success, about the launch of their new toy, uh, something dolly. I do it all dolly. Do it all dolly, which they have got carved out of a block of ice. Now, Landon, <laughs> I believe that you've
0: stated in the past that you're an expert ice carver. Could I you could carve... do this.
1: Give me about an hour and a half. I bet I could do that. Okay, well, you'd have to work pretty fast because the ice is melting. Unless well, you're that's doing all. It that's the whole point. You do it outside. You you you. Get the conditions in which it won't melt as quickly, so that you can work faster. Okay, well, or longer is what I'm saying. Well, well, you know, too bad it's so warm outside today. Yes. Otherwise, I uh, I know my block of ice that I brought in to demonstrate again has melted. Uh, I'm sure my downstairs neighbors are drowning in black sludge that comes from or brown sludge that comes from your ceiling when uh, there's a. Leak good, good up thing above. you you stopped on black sludge. You're like, wait, no, the audience knows what kind of sludge comes out of the the roof of, of uh, my apartment when it rains. I need to change it for realism. <laughs> well, I didn't want we'll to think I'm talking us. about uh, Pulse, the uh, the horror movie where ghosts come out of black sludge shadows on the wall. Okay, well, thank it's you it's for a that. very easy thing to confuse. Yeah, so I got to be accurate about it. <laughs> All um, right, well, good. Okay, here's my question immediately. Yes, the toys that they're creating at this. Uh, office party No, they're not creating that's not how parties the corporation god almighty i can think of that word yeah um they seem massively outdated yeah wait they're just like big dolls that the the biggest seller of the year is do it all dolly in 1994 like we're talking a decade after action figures after all of this high octane stuff a doll Isn't good. I mean, we're talking Barbie with mansions and vehicles and uh, all kinds of stuff. Accessories. Yeah. Uh, A simple doll isn't going to be the biggest success of the year. I say that knowing that Elmo uh, was the biggest toy of the year just a few years after this.
0: Well, yeah. But, but, I mean, this looks like just kind of like an American Girl doll. My question is, what is... I really want to know what do it all dolly does like define all like the, the <laughs> second they first introduced it. I'm like, yeah. this doll is going to be a major plot point. Is this doll
1: like a robot doll that like <laughs> cleans your house? What is Chop doing all? all style? Yeah. yeah, no, she has the pull strings so that she can speak. She actually wets her pants if you need to. She uh, cries a little bit. She has a hidden corkscrew that swings out from her side. Uh, you can pull a toothpick out of the side of her. So, so that covers all of the all of the things that you need. It covers
0: if you need to open a bottle, if you need to pick your teeth, if you need to have something wet its pants, if you need to have something cry. Exactly.
1: Well, I wish my Swiss Army knife would wet itself. That actually sounds like a, a night at the bar,
0: <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Because um, you, because you know, the, the night starts out, yeah. you've got like
1: you've got bar food stuck in your teeth, and then by the end of the night, well, you know, exactly. etc. Uh, all right, let's get into the the story of this because this, we will at this granular level. doing this for five hours we'll
0: be we'll be doing this until christmas uh
1: peter boyle says why don't you come on up uh the person who spearheaded this whole thing and tim and a woman uh come up she takes the mic to speak and tim immediately makes a joke grabs the mic out of her hand and literally pushes her out of the way to talk. And let's also
0: intersectionality is real land. And this is a black woman who's, and so at first I'm like, you know, he calls up the two, two executives responsible for all the success. And this black woman walks up first and then Tim Allen behind her. And I'm like, okay, movie from the nineties. All right. You're showing a black woman in a power position. This is really good. This is really great. And she starts talking to something like, we wish we could thank everyone and then Tim yeah just scoops the mic from and goes but we don't have time.
1: <laughs> yeah, woo. Yeah, and he gives her a physical shove out of the way and I'm like, "Oh, this is a this is a way to start a movie." Way to go 90s. <laughs> way to set yourself up and then and then blow
0: it. And right away it becomes very cl- like the first thing Tim says is something like, "Ah, oh, I wish our families could be here, but they're not." And that's why Jim's got a secretary sitting on his lap. <laughs>
1: yeah, Jim being the owner of the company in full santa garb yeah uh, drunk and holding a a woman
0: looking looking two shades less creepy than dan Aykroyd in the santa suit and trading places like he's not started (laughs) eating his beard thinking that it's a salmon yet but it's close uh but but already it's just clear that in this first speech it's like oh okay so Tim, th- this movie is just a Marvel what-ifs, what if Tim Taylor was, this, was Santa Claus, basically. This yeah,
1: it's not far off, because there are, surprisingly, a lot of references uh, that I wasn't expecting to Home Improvement, or at least just acknowledging that Tim Allen, known for Tim Taylor, was cast in the role. Yes. Uh, but we'll get to those in due time. Let's push forward with some of this stuff. Uh, after the, the thing, everyone continues to party. Tim is in the car. He's rushing um, back to his house where he is supposed to... Um, Uh, be there to accept his son for the weekend for christmas eve yeah um but while he's in the car he's on the phone with his ex-wife who's waiting on him literally lying yeah uh, that there's traffic and that there's a car accident and there's no one on the road and he's just uh flying down the highway he's just late and doesn't want to fess up i should also
0: and i'm not one to judge a person based on their ride but for a successful businessman (laughs) he drives a kind (laughs) of
1: shitty ford taurus well, yeah, maybe—I don't know how much uh, Ford Taurus has cost back in the 90s, but maybe they were more I, my, prestigious then.
0: My family had a Ford Taurus in the 90s, and we weren't—you know, my dad was not in charge of making super successful dolls.
1: I should just say <laughs> that. my I lived in a doll-free household. <laughs> Likewise. Uh, well, that's not true. My mom collected Boyd bears. Uh, oh, So God. they weren't— they weren't dolls, per se, with the, like, creepy porcelain faces, but... Uh, but bear. they were bears, they which were is equally <laughs> creepy for you. <laughs> that is true. Uh Maybe I'm starting to understand where that beer fair comes from. Beer fair? <laughs> that's amazing. That sounds great. Beer fair. Like, that's what we need right now is a beer fair. <laughs> um... But presumably, he works in the city. Uh, Well, he does work in the city. I'm assuming he works in Chicago. City of Chicago. Uh, Because they work in, um, or this takes place in Lakeview, I think, or Lakeside, uh, Illinois. And so he's driving from the city to the rural suburbs um, and passes through what will become known as the town uh, that this takes place in. And he sees all (laughs) (laughs) kinds of Christmas stuff. Yes, yes. What will become known as the town where this takes place. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the actual name of the town. It's weird. The mayor was like hopped up on something when he came up with it.
0: While in the town, this takes place, and be sure to see the gazebo and the diner <laughs> and the little uh, and the little department store where all the kids are, are watching uh, watching toys being made and stuff. And dur- during this, yeah. like, we get all these shots of the town, all the Christmassy ca- stuff, yeah. And they've got the that like Carol of the Bells or whatever yep. playing, like Carolers sung, are going, yep But sung by a children's choir without a lot of other sound in the background, and mm-hmm. it gives. Like that song is so kind of creepy and, and, uh, Harry atmospheric. Potter-ish. Well, Harry Potterish or like, I halfway, like seeing this guy driving through town with like, I halfway expect like he's going to get home and there's like an assassin waiting for him in his house. <laughs> like this is the music that plays where it's like intercutting between people getting ready for Christmas and like silencers being screwed onto guns and like, like fuel being thrown onto yeah. a thing and, and like otherwise a body known is set on
1: fire. Otherwise known as Home Alone.
0: Yes, Home Alone, <laughs> uh, also known as maybe Die Hard, I guess. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Yeah. Um, a lot of violent
1: Christmas movies. <laughs> there, So uh, as he's passing through the rural town, um, like Main Street, USA, yeah. uh, Mickey's there. there. There are more references to things that I just don't feel are appropriate for the era. Like in 1994, there was no kid pressing his nose up against a toy store window. Let alone there being a toy store window with a working display after hours. (laughs) Uh, Like, that's all... Well, I don't even know if that happened in the 50s. I feel like that's just some sort of weird idyllic thing that was created. Department stores existed, like, Main Street department
0: stores existed at some point. Maybe. Well, I know that much, but I'm
1: saying, like, this, uh, this ideal of, you know, kids with their noses pressed up against the window dreaming of the toy that's right in the thing. I don't think that ever that dynamic ever really existed
0: i think that we we as a society believe that it did because a christmas story shows it happening in <laughs> the beginning and that's one christmas movie that everyone watches that has held up pretty well and as we know from this
1: movie believing is seeing
0: yes yes one of the many things that doesn't make
1: sense that we are just asked <laughs> to kind of swallow uh but tim finally arrives at his house uh, yes it's a nice two-story house and it's um, yeah, a condo <laughs> The uh his ex-wife is waiting with their son, Charlie. Yes. And uh his it... ex-wife's uh new boo husband. Yeah, it's, Boyfriend? A, it's, her, it's no it's her new husband, husband? Neil, okay played um, by
0: judge his Honor, Reinhold. George, George Reinhold. That's George, right. Is that what you said? Yeah. I was, I was trying to say Judge, and then I said George instead. Yes, Judge Reinhold, fresh <laughs> off <laughs> Ten years after Beverly Hills Cop, Judge Reinhold. Yeah, but
1: only one year after Beverly Hills Cop Three.
0: Yeah, yes, but he was doing this movie probably to wash the stank of the the Beverly Hills Cop sequels off of them. <laughs>
1: also worth mentioning, um, his ex-wife, his name is Laura. I didn't pick that up at all through the entire movie. The I
0: was referring to her as mom the whole time. Me too. Uh, she's played by Wendy Crewson. Um, she okay. Listen, Laura. Has what I like to call the Uma Thurman and Pulp Fiction haircut, which I like to call
1: the Louise Brooks haircut. <laughs> okay, you can call it that. I don't know who that person is. I do know. I do know. This the is the whole... Tarantino problem that I talk about every day of my life. See, I'm one of those
0: posers who just who just rather than watching classic movies, just watches a couple Tarantino movies and gets the little
1: Reader's Digest condensed uh, film history. <laughs> but you don't, because it all goes accred- uh, accredited back to him. I, I'm gonna go into my Tarantino thoughts someday. Right now is not the time. I'm just saying the whole movie every time I see Laura, I, I'm always expecting her to be
0: to be like, about to go to the bathroom and do a bunch of cocaine, or about to get into a <laughs> dance contest,
1: or get a needle jammed into her heart, sure. and none of those
0: things happen. No, which is true. why
1: I give this movie two thumbs down. <laughs> they maybe maybe they happened off screen. I mean, her and Neil probably have a very tumultuous relationship uh, when we're not looking. Well, especially after the events of this movie. Let's keep let's keep cracking at it. Uh, we meet Charlie, the the child of this story. Yeah, I would. He does not have a chocolate factory. Say maybe the protagonist. Actually, I would say maybe the antagonist. Ooh. Uh, I have a theory about this movie that starts very soon. And okay. I, 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 of all of the theories we've come up with on home improvement and, and elsewhere, our time with uh, Fan Theory World, I'm more convinced of this theory. Uh, that I've created for this than any other, other, other theories. Jesus, hot diggity damn. I know. Well, I'm, that's exciting. Let's, I mean, I'm, I like, you know what?
0: Look, when you feel the time is right, yes. spring that theory on us. Uh,
1: but let me just mention, you know, uh, I'm not going to go deep into these guys' histories, but, uh, Charlie is played by actor Eric Lloyd, who you might otherwise know from Dunstan Checks In. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and the other Santa Claus movies, but, uh. Oh, they kept,
0: they kept the same kid for all the Santa's claws. That's at, at least
1: the second one. I didn't look as, uh, further than that. Yeah.
0: Uh, and, and Judge Reinhold needs no introduction. <laughs> of course not, no. uh, Except for please rise for the Honorable Judge Reinhold. <laughs> but uh, Tim, how does Tim feel about uh, Mr. Judge Reinhold? Uh, Tim does not feel good about him. Tim reacts to Judge Reinhold with the same degree of respect and decorum that season three Tim treats basically anyone else he meets. Yeah. Uh, you see, Neil is a psychiatrist, and Tim doesn't, A, Tim doesn't think that psychiatrists are real doctors—
1: Okay, Tim. That that is literally. <laughs> I untrue. mean, if you're even making the argument between psychiatrists and psychologists, they are far more of a doctor than psychologists are. Not that I would make that dis- uh, distinction. Yeah, what are you going to say about psychologists, bro? Nothing, nothing at all. I don't hold these views, but at least psychiatrists can prescribe medicine. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know,
0: and 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 also it's like it's one thing if Tim. Taylor is saying that, Tim Taylor, who is a manly man who works with his hands all day, but this Tim Taylor is a Tim Taylor who works in an office building,
1: like, pushing papers around. Like, you you can't... He's the only yuppie who hasn't embraced the psychology uh, realm yet, the new age world. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he does not
0: think very highly of Neil and makes a point of dissing Neil to his face, dissing Neil in front of Charlie, his son, dissing Neil to his ex-wife's face. Yeah, it's not not cool. Not cool at all. He and Laura get in a big fight in the house because they are dropping Charlie off for
1: Christmas. So, yeah, just to take this point by point, Tim invites uh, uh, Laura into the house. Uh, much the judges uh, or Neil's sugar in uh, well he he judges this poorly. <laughs> he really wants uh, Neil really wants to get going somewhere. I didn't catch where they were heading. Uh, but... They're going to see his family for Christmas. Uh, got it. Okay. Um. So he's like checking, doing the like pantomime. Yeah. Watch. Watch.
0: Look at my look at my, my, my my wrist hurts. We need to leave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh. But she goes inside to to have a quick uh, talk to Tim about uh, things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know,
0: it's just, uh, you know, Charlie, I guess, is is asking why there aren't more presents into the tree. Tim says Santa's going to bring them, and Charlie's yep. like, oh, well, Santa's not real. And Tim and uh, Laura get in this big fight about, oh, well, some boys at school told uh, Charlie that Santa isn't real, and yep. then Neil had a talk with them and told him that Santa's more of a state of mind. And Tim is really
1: upset about this. And basically, if you guys are going to destroy my kid's childhood, I want to be a part of it, too. And they're arguing within earshot of Charlie. Yeah. At this this point in time, I'm like, okay, you have an impatient uh, stepfather in the car uh, who is completely dismantling any kind of uh, childhood whimsy. Mm -hmm. uh, Because he is actively trying to bolster this yeah santa's not real story to charlie and then you have tim on the other side of things i'm like this kid has no good male role models in his life i think honestly i still think
0: that neil is a much better real agreed. Mo- very real agreed. mole model than uh which is <laughs> which is i guess uh, like cindy crawford on a train uh but i think that that uh still that neil is a much better one just because there tim is because neil isn't so scornful constantly yeah. to everything Anyway, they they leave, or well, Laura is
1: leaving, and Charlie's like, "Do I
0: have to stay here? Yeah, Please she, pick he me up early tomorrow." Does
1: not want to stay with Tim. He he's adamantly against staying with his father. And l- let me say something
0: about this. Yes, this is Tim acting exactly the way he does on season three of Home Improvement. Like this is (laughs) like season four, Tim has, as I think we've noticed on the show, Mm -hmm. pulled his shit back some and he's better and he's getting his, his shit in order. This is full, unlikable Tim being really rowdy and nasty and what I like about it is, yeah, you, you're really mean to everyone around you. You're divorced. You live alone. Your kid doesn't like you. <laughs> great. Great. This is, you're yeah. finally getting consequent. I wonder why you're divorced. They never right. go into it, but
1: it seems pretty clear it why. It seems pretty, and then cue Bing Crosby yep. for White Christmas, uh, which I think is obligatory for every single Christmas movie. It's only the most popular song ever <laughs> released in history. Uh, um and this uh this music cue takes us to later where there's a shot of a nice uh buffet of food a nice beautiful turkey, turkey uh potatoes yeah, the, all of the fixins you can yams, possibly want linen tablecloths uh and yet we we continue to track back so far that we leave the television screen oh no
0: it's a movie <laughs> within a movie
1: and now we find out what the real movie's about <laughs> uh not the actually not the only time in this movie that we go in and out of a sort of reality which is happens at the end of the film as well
0: i you know you're right it's kind of uh kind of uh, like the matrix i
1: guess (laughs) yep yep the matrix is a ripoff of the santa claus uh just want to point out here as we're pulling back on the actual food that tim has prepared there is a cheese spread there and he makes such a point about being lactose intolerant later on that i'm like Eh, there's a little contradictory here. Yeah, Landon, is someone who is lactose intolerant, I can handle cheese. A glass of milk is a bad situation. Oh, okay. Well, so look at me being educated here. Yeah, well... Thank can, you.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad that I could, uh, you know, make you more tolerant of lactose intolerant people. I, I, I feel... I... I... Smell. Sympathetic to your plight. Yes, and I don't, you, I don't feel it, you, but you, I'm sympathetic. To you, you've smelled my plight sometimes after after <laughs> I've had too much cheese. Uh, but yeah, so we pull out from this TV, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the the table actually in Tim's house has a lot of burned potatoes <laughs> and uh, like just um, mixing bowls with like lumpy gravy in it. And Tim is in the kitchen blasting a fire extinguisher on a
1: flaming turkey. Now, there's only one thing that explains this moment to me. Uh, There's no way that you get home that late in the day and then start cooking a turkey and have it ready uh, by any kind of discernible eating time. Yeah. Uh, Tim clearly gave this oven more power. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And thus, why it's on fire.
0: Maybe maybe the Tim in this movie, who the movie tells us is named Scott, but his name is Tim. Uh, maybe, he, maybe he is a twin brother of Tim Taylor oh, and had him come out. yeah. Maybe it's some kind of, it's one of the, like, uh, a
1: multiplicity situation. Yeah. I know he ha- Tim Taylor has a brother, Steve. I don't know if he has a brother, Scott. So yeah. That would be interesting. I mean, yeah, that he's just got an identical
0: twin who he never talks about <laughs> and uh, who, who he had to do this. But yeah, no, more power to the oven is the only way yeah. that could have happened. He's like, oh, I have to defrost the turkey? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah he's completely fucked up the dinner uh they jump in the car to go get food someplace else
1: um and, and while they're in the car uh tim is still shit-talking neil for some reason like he can't just let this go no yeah i'm he
0: he's like you know charlie's like do you not like neil and tim says no, no no there's something about him that just makes me want to and then charlie goes lash out irrationally and it you know turns out that that you know Tim goes like, oh, you've been listening to Neil too much. And his son goes, he listens to me. It's like, wow. Wow. Like, I really like that this universe is a lot crueler to Tim than yeah. Home Improvement is.
1: Uh, he tries to take them to a Chinese restaurant for dinner. They're closed. Uh, so they end up at America's fav- favorite... America's uh, favorite, favorite... Nicholas Cage. <laughs> it's more like uh, Jodie Foster and Nell. <laughs> um, they end up at Denny's.
0: Yes. And... <laughs> I like I like this scene. I thought this is really funny. Denny's is populated exclusively by either Japanese business executives yeah. cuz I guess they don't have Christmas in Japan. There's no Christians there.
1: I well I, I, what? I don't know. Uh or or they, I I mean, they're they're, they're a, a continent away from their their families in you know Illinois. I would assume they're like, well fuck it. It's Christmas Eve. Let's just get drunk as shit."
0: Yeah, I sp- I suppose so. At, at
1: Denny's. <laughs> yeah, at
0: Denny's. That's well that's the where else is going to be open. Uh <laughs> so it's japanese business executives and and then when she finds out oh you're not with the takagi corporation uh she instead takes them to another room which is populated entirely by single dads
1: with their kids who fucked up the turkeys (laughs) and good lord my heart just went out to this poor waitress because she's the only waitress in this whole place and it's way more populated than you would expect on a christmas eve
0: yeah not only that but they are also out of everything they're out of eggnog they're out of chocolate milk they're out of
1: apple pie and (laughs) so you know she's catching a lot of hell from these people for that uh and when she she sits tim down to ask you know what you want um tim you know ask for eggnog or whatever she gives this like go fuck yourself look to tim uh that is so subtle but i just loved uh the attention that this (laughs) What this actor gave to uh the uh, the part of judy the the waitress
0: the the eggnog hating waitress who has to work on christmas you know that's that is true in her
1: conflict. you're a waitress <laughs> who hates eggnog you're forced to work on christmas what's her story where's her yeah, movie exactly uh but it is important to note that her name is Judy, yes, because that comes into play later on uh not only for the movie but also my theory yes okay good okay we're we're building it piece by piece <laughs> yes. So yeah, they uh, turns out
0: Denny's is out of most of the good shit. Yeah, they, this Christmas is not going well. Oh boy! <laughs> and we cut back to home where uh, Tim is reading the night before Christmas to Charlie. Yep. Uh, looks like Charlie's asleep, so he tries to skip to the end of it. Uh, but then, as he's sneaking out of the room, Charlie wakes up and starts asking him a bunch of logistical questions about Santa, like what's, <laughs> a, you know, I what you know what I there arose such a clatter, like what does that mean? What's yeah, a, what
1: what is the um, what is the Rose Suchak ladder? Yeah. Um, what is that? What is it, Tim? Yeah.
0: Uh, no, it's just it's just a loud noise. It's just like a bunch of smashing and crashing around. Yeah. Uh,
1: Which is interesting because Tim explains, I didn't say ladder, I said clatter. He's explaining it in a very distinctly antithesis way to Tim Taylor who always fucks up explaining things yeah
0: it was sort of it was sort of strange to me like oh this tim uh this tim is a little smarter than the other <laughs> like this tim seems to be fairly intelligent yeah
1: he's just an asshole yeah uh and charlie steve's uh keep ask. Pff, he has a bunch of questions about santa claus uh, yeah and tim's like it's late go to bed we'll talk about this another time yeah uh and he just walks off down the hallway yep yeah, leaving his kid alone to sleep
0: well that's not I mean, I know that neither of us is parents, but that's actually not that out of the ordinary to no, leave your not. kid alone to sleep.
1: That was just me ending the scene.
0: It would be weirder if he sat there and was like, okay, well, go to sleep. I'm going to sit here and watch you all night. <laughs> I'm a, I am ai am a overprotective single parent. <laughs> uh, so then that night, it's been—oh, so look, we're about 13 minutes into the movie. Yeah. What happens— The inciting incident that's what happens (laughs) uh they hear a thumping
1: a a great yeah clatter on the roof yes uh actually charlie does and he he gets so excited knowing and assuming that it's santa claus that he runs to go wake up scott um and uh yeah my note for this was that tim sleeps in his watch like a monster (laughs) yeah who it's like he wants to know what time it is without having to look at the clock I don't know. I would say that a digital clock across the room you're going to be able to recognize with your eyes than trying to bleary-eyed look at hands on a You watch. use the light from the digital clock
2: to look at the watch. <laughs> oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: like, that's
0: that's what you do. Um, also, what if he needs to take his pulse in the middle of the night? Yeah. What if he
1: wants to take his resting heart rate the second he wakes up in the morning? <laughs> These are things you need to do. It's, yeah, fair. Um, So Tim's like, oh, God, no, go back to bed. It's just, you know, your imagination. Then he hears it himself. Uh, there is someone on the roof and he puts Charlie, he sets him down on the bed and says, stay here. Uh, cueing every movie ever. When someone says, stay put, no one ever stays put. If anything, if you want, if you're in a movie and you want
0: someone to stay put, you should say, follow me. Yeah. Or hit
1: them with the butt of your gun. Yeah. That's the other.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Once to the forehead, which, which makes them fall asleep for the perfect amount of time for the plot. No longer,
1: no less long, no lasting brain damage. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, and Tim rushes outside Uh, And Charlie, of course, uh, follows in suit In tow is what I meant to say Yeah, well, he doesn't put on a suit No, not yet And
0: neither does Tim He runs outside in a parka and his boxers and his galoshes (laughs) And runs out onto the lawn and looks up on the roof And he sees Santa Claus up fucking around by his chimney And he yells, hey you And this Santa Claus, who is a surprisingly small character in this movie Uh This Santa Claus, we don't even see his face Yes Santa Claus, who's been delivering presents forever, yeah. And certainly he's been delivering presents to billions of Christian households every year yeah. for years, he gets distracted, slips off the roof, falls, and lands on the, on the
1: lawn, yeah. and just dies. <laughs> I want you to take that pause right there, that moment, and go, how do I pitch this to Disney? I... I, it's like, I was really thinking, like, once this
0: happened, I was like, okay, but there's, like, some magical explanation. We find out he's not really dead. He just has one, he's retired, or he's, like, he's living on a farm with a bunch of other, like, with the Easter Bunny and all the other children. Yeah, Thanos, yeah, exactly. Ant-Man flies up both of their asses and expands again. Uh, And, but no. Spoiler alert for the end of Endgame. uh, Spoiler alert for that fan theory that everyone's talking about on the internet. But, so, he, but, like... He's
1: just dead. Like <laughs> yeah. He's just dead. Santa Claus is dead. Now there there is an existing fan theory out here that says that Santa was cursed. And he intentionally killed himself. He, he that was an act of suicide, oh. so that he could pass the curse on to the next person. Oh, okay, well that's that's much better. Santa
0: is a deeply sad, <laughs> tragic individual who intentionally killed himself
1: in front of a child. Way <laughs> let better. Let me let me tell you about some Christmas evil action. Uh, yeah, with our Patricia Richardson connection there, but um, that is. <laughs> A dire movie as well. The, the, well, I mean, this is... At least this one isn't trying to... Like, this one isn't trying to
0: be a slashery, horrory, gory movie. <laughs> but it's just true. There's no real subterfuge to this. Yeah. Santa Claus falls off the roof, experiences blunt force trauma, and is killed instantly. Blunt and, force trauma in a very soft pile of snow. In a soft pile of snow. Also, when he falls off the, the roof and starts sliding down, we see him kick a big, like, white, fluffy blanket
2: of snow <laughs> off of the roof.
0: But he, he falls down and he lands and And Charlie comes running out and sees this and goes, "Dad, you killed Santa about like that and 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 that's about the the most like the the rest of this movie Tim expresses zero guilt about yeah. having killed Santa
1: Claus, the harbinger of joy for children. Just a man. Yeah. He's always trying to displace the blame.
0: Yes. And but also his son, who is in this weird place with Santa Claus and belief and faith and all these things, he is he a, my dad killed
1: someone, B, my dad killed Santa Claus. (laughs) C, I looked at Santa Claus's body. I am so glad that you are belaboring this point because it is the linchpin for my theory. It's well this feels like a David Lynch movie
0: honestly <laughs> I I I remember like maybe you told me this that, that some original idea for it was that Tim Allen would would have a gun and shoot Santa Claus by accident and that was that was Oh I didn't
1: say it. I didn't even I've never heard that I heard that someplace wow. I don't, or maybe I dreamed it I don't know That was pre-Disney I, I guess <laughs> or when <laughs> Disney was developing it during the Bambi time Yeah
0: <laughs> back when every movie had had an important beloved character getting shot but yeah like to the point that we even see santa's hand twitching on the ground at one point I think he was waving so he santa's was waving
1: like haha sucker uh you took the curse away from me <laughs> i i found freedom in the sweet release of death but you you must continue <laughs> to make children happy bitch it's it's about immortality it's about the like what do you do with a lifetime or a a, a never-ending life of life what do you do with a klondike bar <laughs> Um, you
0: it. Uh, anyway, they've got this dead body <laughs> on the ground, and and do they call the wolf to help them, like, chop up the body and nope. put it in a trunk? No, no, no. Tim just goes looking for dead Santa's ID and finds a card that says Santa Claus
1: on it. Yeah, a, a really well-designed embossed business card that Patrick Bateman would be impressed with. I I just I just I want to see the version of this movie where Patrick Bateman
0: sees the (laughs) sees the business card and has the same reaction he does to Paul Allen and is like (laughs) I I have to kill him again. Santa Claus cannot have a better card than me. It's embossed.
1: (laughs) Um, But that's where even got a watermark. After after he accepts the the business card which as we find out later on is the um, implausible contract that Tim has engaged with like I have questions about this like holding up a business card that has such fine print and no signature of the the person receiving the actual curse uh, doesn't equate to a contract. So, so
0: Landon, for the record, <laughs> is on board with the flying reindeer waiting on the roof, but he's not on board with the fact that, well, no one's signed the contract, so technically that's not enforceable in the I, international court of the North Pole. Absolutely agree with that, yes. Okay. I, I truly, truly, <laughs> well, yeah, like, I think that, because what it says on here is, like, you know, if something happens to me, put on my clothes, yeah. the reindeer will know what to well, do. We don't find this
1: out until a little bit. Well, it's, yeah. it says it on the back of the, the thing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, right, the, the, the reindeer yeah. will know what yeah, to do. F- yeah. And Tim goes, reindeer? And then we pan up and see the reindeer on top of the roof and cue what I assumed is going to be a, oh, no. <laughs> and we don't get one. No. No. Oh, that's oh, oh. all. <laughs> um, and then when they look back down, Santa has vanished. Yes. But his clothes are still there. Yeah. And Tim starts going into his meltdown going, the guy fell. It's not my fault. Uh, yeah. But it is because it's on your property. And no matter what, uh, that liability is going to fall on your shoulders, even if you have insurance and a good lawyer.
0: Yeah. And uh, I mean, this is all true, but again, T- Tim is the sort of person who would say
1: anything to get out of it. Like he's yeah. just trying to—he's throwing everything he's got at it. And as he's kind of um, running around in his little meltdown, he turns real quickly and then cranks his head on uh, a ladder that has appeared magically. Yeah, and and what's labeled on it? <laughs> the the Rose Suchak Ladder Company. But <laughs>
0: uh. <laughs> yeah, and and Char- Charlie is totally on board. Charlie yep. has the fact that he watched Santa Claus die has not
1: phased Charlie in the slightest. He's just like, holy yes. shit,
0: there's a ladder here. Let's climb up. And I want to hang out with the reindeer. Woo!
1: Now, I, I'm feeling like this is a good place to start to weave in my theory weave. because this is the first instant like magical thing that's happened, right? I mean, a guy on the roof could be anybody, right? Yeah, uh, but this is like something has manifested out of thin air.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now. How familiar are you with The Twilight Zone? Um,
0: I would say probably 30% familiar out of a possible 100. I've
1: seen some episodes, not all of them. Well, this is a very popular episode. Uh, It's often claimed as one of the best. It was remade in the movie by Joe Dante. Uh, It is called um, It's a Good Life. Mm -hmm. And it revolves around um, a child who has the ability to manifest things around him based on his emotional state. Is this the kid who, like, the whole town, like, everyone has to be happy all the time? Yep. Okay, okay, continue. So, uh, I'm glad I'm bringing up the theory now so that I can point out examples of it as we move forward. Because this is the first magical manifestation of it, I feel like it's a good time to mention it. Charlie has this kind of existential crisis going on about Santa Claus. He is uh, emotional, and he's... Caught in a very insecure life between two parents who are always bickering and arguing, he has no good uh, male role models. Blah blah blah. I believe he has this uh, shining, if you will. <laughs> he has this ability to manifest things and to uh, impart um, the curse onto Tim, which is uh, matches the the um, the very uh, not affliction, but the the. The core problem between you know him and tim yeah uh from the get-go is like tim doesn't believe in santa claus he's trying to whatever he's gonna make him santa claus he really wants to believe in santa claus and so he manifests this ladder out of nowhere he manifests uh the santa on the roof he manifests the the, the, the sophisticated
0: contract oriented yeah. because uh, way of becoming santa claus tim is
1: a corporate person uh uh neil works in psychiatry i mean he's he knows of that stuff. He lives in that world. And that's why it doesn't quite make sense. It's just, like, th- a child's understanding of what a contract is. True, true. Uh-huh. And a kid would
0: hear clause like, for a contract and assume that it meant Santa Claus. Could be. Yeah, this you is, can make that. This does kind of turn on a child's understanding of what, uh, of, of what and how uh,
1: uh, contracts and law works. And as we will continue throughout the rest of the movie, um, we'll find out that the things that happen... Are all connected to things that Charlie has experienced before they're manifested.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Judy being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he really was inspired by that waitress at Denny's who didn't <laughs> give him any of the things he wanted.
1: And uh, this is just a preface for the rest of this theory. The reason that it's not a, a happened all in you know that person's head is because clearly things are affecting third parties. There is acknowledgement that this magical stuff is happening. So clearly it's being manifested into reality by a person. Thus, it's Charlie. What you're saying is, you're a wizard, Charlie. <laughs> Pretty much. So,
0: okay, let's let's keep running with this. Yeah. I like it. I it, like. There's definitely more than meets the eye here, and I'm not talking about a semi truck that turns into a robot. We're
1: talking about a Scott that turns into a Santa.
0: Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So Charlie goes up the ladder. There's a bunch of reindeer up here. Yeah. Are they re- are they real reindeer? No, they are weird puppety reindeer <laughs> with horrifying eyes and. and- articulated faces and limited range of motion and a lot of gas i i, I love this yes comet is the main one who,
1: who he's talking to. R- uh-huh. rudolph
0: is not really present in this movie no
1: and you know i haven't seen santa claus two or three i don't know if he becomes a character in the following episodes. that would be that would be the th- maybe they were like we can't put rudolph in this movie we got to like string something out for the sequels <laughs> but also there was a rudolph movie that had come out very shortly before this so yeah Uh, but rudolph belongs to all of us
0: he can't own the rights to rudolph true (laughs) but yeah he goes up there he's talking to comet i don't like comet farts like there's just like there's a big old farting puppet reindeer and
1: (laughs) and it's great it's just
0: awesome this is totally cool Uh, i
1: have a question about the the sled itself yeah why is it upholstered with an afghan rug Uh, because,
0: uh, maybe when he was in Afghanistan, dropping off presents for the few Christian
1: families there, uh, they picked one up. (laughs) Okay. That might be it. It just, it said nothing Christmassy to me, and I'm like, that's a strange choice. Or, or, uh... Uh, Santa
0: accidentally shot someone in the face in the back seat and they threw a blanket over the bloodstains uh, until they could take the car to get chopped up at that chop shop yeah, right. Uh, where uh, Harvey Keitel is dating the daughter of the guy who runs the place. Yeah. I have a very deep and intense knowledge of Pulp Fiction. Uh, I know, that's the scene that Dick Miller got cut out of and that's uh, always, it breaks my heart a little bit. Another reason to hate Tarantino. So <laughs> one thing leads to another. They wind up sitting in the sleigh. Tim wants to not be involved with this. He's, he's brought, the, he's yeah. brought the, the Santa's clothes up with it to give to the police or yeah. whatever. One thing leads to another. Uh, Tim he, says, let's go. Yeah, and he says, Charlie, let's
1: go. And the reindeer take off. And at this point, uh, I really feel like Tim got sucked into a movie of transitions from Home Improvement. <laughs> yes, he did.
0: Because the, the, the reindeer... Ru- the special effects for the reindeer running, I'm sure were, were groundbreaking at the time. Yeah. For, but, but they'll cut to these distant shots of the reindeer taking off, or the reindeer flying around. And it really looks like... If you've seen the movie Birdemic, a lot of the time they have just kind of these weird kind of lightly animated 3D sprites of birds that they will superimpose over the image. And it looks kind of like that's what they're doing with yeah. the
1: – it's like it's like 3D clip art gifs. <laughs> uh, but they keep going. Um, and they're – they come up uh, – worth mentioning uh, – as they are flying the sleigh, he's flying it low to the ground and oh, comes yeah. up alongside a truck, where we get Jim Laboria, Benny from Home Improvement, is, yeah. is driving.
0: And he and even though Tim is like, he's killed a man who seems to be Santa Claus, he is he is in a sled drawn by flying reindeer, he <laughs> turns to this guy driving the truck and says, Hey, so just go straight along here to get on I ninety three, right? I ninety four. I ninety four. Oh, right, okay, the joke was completely compromised by me being off one (laughs) in my interstate designation. It's a Michigan, uh, Illinois reference. God help you, sir, if you ever refer to it as I-6 or (laughs) I-4. But he, he... Yeah, so he says... Yeah, so he... Despite being completely panicked and in a fear for his life, he's still able to mug for the camera and make a joke
1: about <laughs> getting directions to this guy. Yeah. Uh, and thus begins the fun and games portion of the movie where uh, Tim arrives at a house where uh, he is adamantly against going down the chimney to deliver presents. Be- because, yeah, and, you know, he... Yeah, he just doesn't want to do it. And
0: basically his son guilts him into it. At no point is there a beat of Tim going like, hey, maybe we should climb down off the
1: roof, find a payphone, figure out what's happening. This is a very – this point in particular, Tim goes, no, this is stupid what we're doing. And then Charlie goes, how come everything I want to do is stupid? Because it is. Yeah. What you want to do is stupid. I don't agree with how Tim's uh, handling it but what you're asking is stupid. What you're asking your father to do
0: is assume the identity of a dead man and start doing <laughs> that dead man's job. You want your you want your dad to become Don Draper, basically. Yeah. Uh, you want him to
1: leave Dick Whitman in Korea <laughs> and come back as Don Draper. Charlie really wants Tim to put on the Santa clothes, uh, and he does because he realizes this is the quickest way to get out of uh, this night. And also he doesn't have pants on and it's cold. Yeah, well, he, does, he puts the pants on and they're too big, and this yeah. is where we get the line. Uh, I hope whoever lives here... Is a tailor? Oh my god, I lost my shit for this.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, do you think that? I mean, how how far into the writing process do you think it was when they got to this joke? Like, do you think that there was a like, we need one of these fun and games houses they stop at for there to be a, a reference to him being Tim Taylor? <laughs> do
1: you think that's what the facade of the Taylor's house looks like?
0: Oh, well, honestly, this house that they land on looks a lot like the house that they live in and It's a Wonderful
1: Life. <laughs> True. Yeah. So yep. no, I don't, I don't okay. think that. Uh, but Tim does put the Santa suit on and then gets uh, hoisted up like a helium balloon, um, holding onto the the toy sack. The toy sack. He grabs the sack and flies, <laughs> and it uh, sucks him down the chimney. Um, and inside, he just immediately starts unloading the presents underneath the tree. Um, a Rottweiler comes out to scare him, and then uh, sound of a loading shotgun and a big blast goes off. Yeah, and um, he gets chased right back up the back up the chimney. Yeah, and then at that point. Like, he just is kind of like, well, I almost died. Guess I'm going to keep doing this thing. <laughs> they He gets away, you know, um, literally does a getaway and flies away. Thinks he's uh, uh, gone for good, but then just arrives on the next house. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this is going to be a long night. I don't want to do this anymore. And then Comet turns his head back and just, like, goes, no, you're fucking in it for life now, buddy.
0: Yeah, Comet, just, like, like these puppet reindeer were already creepy
1: but seeing one of them being angry and giving tim (laughs) allen the stink eye is really scary Comet is being a bit of a dick and i don't know who to root for here when a dick is being a dick to a dick but uh this is the world we live in hey man root for the reindeer always bet on black (laughs) but tim is like this house doesn't even have a chimney how am i supposed to get down there uh sure enough he gets sucked up uh helium style and pulled down a radiator pipe into uh the house which the radiator turns into this Charles Foster Kane style uh, fireplace, like human sized fireplace. Yeah, uh, which feels biased against radiators. Homes with radiators, like whatever. <laughs> it, it's it's radiator cyst. Uh, and this is where we find uh, little little tiny Cindy Lou, aka Sarah, asleep uh, and awakens at the the sight of um, a non Santa. A a slim uh lack of beard uh Tim Allen looking Santa. Yeah, and he drops off a bunch of gifts under her tree.
0: He's kind of an asshole to her. He's totally an asshole to her. Just go back to sleep. Yeah, or I'll take all these presents
1: back. I don't want to drink the milk, I'm lactose intolerant.
0: And I you know, again, I was like, okay, this is a bad representation of my people on screen. (laughs) I don't agree with this at all. Uh, so you know, it goes back up the thing. Long story short, he goes. He makes some other deliveries. He's yeah, not very good at it. Drops a canoe. Yeah, and flies uh, through the sky. Yeah, he's flying through the sky over Chicago. And and as this goes on, though, as they're flying through the sky. They're actually. It seems like he and his he and his son are having a good time. Charlie's playing with a puppy in the back yeah. seat now. And he
1: disappeared for a second. Then nope, he's in the back playing with a puppy. Charlie. Uh, Tim thought he fell out of the sleigh. I would love to see how those elves built a puppy at the North Pole. <laughs> That's something else, seriously.
0: And yes, yeah, so they're flying through through the air. They're having good times over the Chicago skyline. They're passing that one building that the kids in Adventures in Babysitting are dangling off of the outside <laughs> of. That's it's the Adventures in Babysitting building. Yep. That's what I called it when I went to Chicago. And, it's the official name of it now. And so they go flying off over Lake Michigan, uh, you know, and the sun is coming up and the clouds are all majestic. And Tim
1: goes, uh, you know,
0: Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Arr, arr, arr.
1: Which I- brings our grunt count for this episode to three. <laughs> Surprising. Surprising. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Like they are really again, they are not hiding at all. Luckily, the that, you have four seasons of uh, quick draw fingers to, to take the countdown. Yeah, it's pretty easy for me to count to three on that. <laughs> um and then but then he also
0: says one of my favorite like as they're flying away into the distance happy and laughing together, like into the into the sunset, you know, there's this they're they're going up into the distance, and my one of my favorite lines. He just goes, "When I get up, I'm having a cat scan." <laughs> that was a good line,
1: which helps to just like he's just accepted he's gone crazy, yeah. and he's fine. Um, so they they take off at what he thinks is going home. Uh, they end up at the North Pole. My question uh, now is like, I guess uh Lakeview, Illinois, is the last stop on Santa's trip because otherwise, it seems like a missed opportunity in the montage to have Tim. Develop, uh, dropping off presents across the globe. Yeah, go to the Vatican. It's only go to Brazil. In his neighborhood. Yeah, the world is very, very limited to basically <laughs> one <laughs> suburb of Chicago. Yeah, uh, but we arrive on the nor- North Pole where the reindeer. The reindeer. No reindeer. The reindeer disperse. Wouldn't it be great if it rained beer and talk? Uh, briefly. I mean, they don't say actual words, but there is a voice to them, which I point out only because it brings our Frank Welker count. <sighs> they brought in Frank Welker from Muppet Babies to do, honestly, to do the voice of the reindeer. Really? Yeah. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> did, and did, they, did they sing a song about, about using their imaginations to uh, travel to the moon <laughs> that didn't. sounded
1: oddly similar to the theme song to Muppet Babies? Uh, they didn't. But, speaking of songs, we get a weird Ave Maria type of angelic song playing all of a sudden because they land and tim's like hey
0: reindeer what the fuck we want to go home
1: and the reindeer the reindeer You're like we are home motherfucker
0: <laughs> the reindeer detach and they run off and then they're just sitting like him and his son are just sitting there in the cold and snow alone in this thing and, and then this lone figure
1: emerges from the distance
0: well this ave maria song starts playing and they both start looking around as though they can hear it <laughs> And, then, and I'm like, what the fuck, are, are, they, are they watching the
1: movie too now? And then a yeah. lone figure emerges. I, mean, I, I, I have to imagine it's like the Fortress of Solitude. Whenever the, the crystals rise up, like there's that... And like, can Superman actually hear that with his super hearing? Or is that just for uh, audience's sake? I feel like Superman has heard it so many times now that he can't hear <laughs> he it. He just has tinnitus at that level. He's it, lost that, that tone in his ears. It's just faded into the background <laughs> for him. He falls asleep to it every That's night. That's another source of kryptonite for him. Yeah. <laughs> is annoying sounds just sounds at that pitch he can't hear that anymore so therefore that's a that's an in play something so high pitched at that pitch that maybe his head will explode maybe or maybe superman will be like god that's annoying i'm gonna kill you even harder now
0: (laughs) yeah so this elf comes up we we have to talk about elves but we'll talk about it in a second (laughs) yes this elf comes up he raises a pole from the snow it is the north pole he pulls a hilariously like it was contemporary for the time, but now it looks hilariously outdated a keypad out of it yes. and punches in a code. This looks like the keypad on like your
1: really old microwave. <laughs> or, I, it looks like to me um, when you have an oscillating fan, one of the new oscillating fans that comes with a remote. Yeah, that's what the remote to me. That's, looks probably, like. that's probably what it was. They got a state of the art oscillating fan <laughs> uh, keypad for the to, for
0: the top secret code unlocking yeah. thing for the North Pole. What does this code do? Uh, this this code opens up an elevator that takes the sleigh down down oh. into a big underground cave at the North Pole. A garage, if you will. Uh, yes, a gigantic
1: hangar, <laughs> uh, and where it's... every reindeer has their own little slot.
0: Yes, every reindeer has their own little slot, and it is chock a block full of elves. Yeah, the elves in this movie, okay. So, something that is often made light of in adults trying to pick apart the Santa mythos is the fact that, like, hey, what about the labor rights of the elves? Are the elves slave labor? Does he pay the elves? What Uh goes on? So, there's already kind of some complicated, like, does does Santa have an army of slaves stuff going on? And the Santa Claus (laughs) leans into that by making all the elves children. So... And, I mean, there's there's jokes in there about how all these elves are, like, super old. They're, like, a yeah. thousand years old. But they're all played by children.
1: Yeah. The question being, like, how does an, uh, an elf age? Like, is this the peak of their, like, uh, physical existence? Like, do they actually age more than Like, why is Bernard... Uh, So much older than the rest of the kids Yeah Do they You know Is he older than them Like in the The, the duration of their lifespans Like is he 2,000 years old As opposed to 400 years old Yeah Is he hitting elf puberty Or like What's <laughs> what's going on
0: Like Yeah cause they come down in here And there's kids all uh, There's There's these kid elves Taking care of the reindeer Yeah Going around making toys There's like one getting pulled around In a In a wagon full of hay For some reason I don't know what that elf's job is It's
1: uh, joy testing
0: Oh yeah Yeah <laughs> They're trying to develop new ways to uh, infuse joy in people. That's Elf Marie Kondo. She's like, this does not spark joy. (laughs) Exactly. Throw this wagon out. Start again. (laughs) Um, But, yes, they get down in there, and Tim is running around trying to, like, hey, who's in charge here? And everyone's like, you're in charge. He's like, no, who's in charge here? And he's, like, talking to some kid trying to to get this information from them when this, yeah, teenage-looking elf comes up and says, like, Hey, what are you on your coffee break? And the and and the kids the kids like, no, I don't drink coffee. And he's like, then I guess you're not on your break, are you? Get back to work. It's like you make really, a really
1: good assistant director.
0: Well, yeah, like you're painting a really whimsical picture of the North Pole here.
1: Also, not only is it child labor, but they're managed by a yeah. total asshole. Again, it's it's about uh, Charlie trying to manifest joy in his life. And this is all coming from his imagination. This is what his idea of the North Pole is supposed to be uh it's all about mandatory joy and uh one i want to point out a little detail i don't know if you notice in all of the reindeer stalls uh they actually have pinups of like elk and stuff that's good (laughs) that's really good set design it's it's a very very low-key detail that you can easily overlook uh i i completely did overlook it for (laughs) once i wish
0: that i'd been paying his wait a second they pin up calendars landon they (laughs) They were not calendars. No, they were just straight then how, up. Pin-ups. Then how are you able to see them? <laughs> you're like... Sometimes I feel like you're like a T... Like how a T-Rex can't see unless you're moving. You can't see a thing unless it's a calendar. <laughs> uh, what can I say? Um,
1: you, you can say what date it is because you're very good at knowing that. <laughs> it is March 30th, 2019. We are... Uh, so Bernard comes up and introduces himself to as, Tim. As Bernard. As Bernard. And Tim... Cannot for some fucking reason. I mean, it's not like he gave some weird, ancient, elfish... Uh... Uh... uh, Name. Name. He gave the name Bernard. I have to imagine there are many people at Tim's building that have that
0: name. Like, Tim repeatedly calls him by other names that are much weirder and more exotic than Bernard. It's almost like he is just trying as a show of disrespect. (laughs) To Like, also... I don't know, maybe just because I've seen so much of Tim Allen doing it on Home Improvement. I feel like the joke of I always get this person's name wrong and they repeatedly correct me and I still keep getting it Mm -hmm. wrong... There is
1: no mileage left in that joke. No, can we as a society a power retire that f- joke? I mean, yeah. it's it's I, you're not important enough to me to remember your name. Yeah, and that's why I mean that's the only thing that that is occurring here. Like he goes
2: Bobby
1: Bernard. Yeah, like the guy corrects him while he's saying ba
2: ba 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 ba
1: whatever. It starts with a B. That's all I care about. Yeah. Um, it's kind of annoying. Anyway, uh, uh, also I should just
0: say this about Bernard now. We have yeah. the chance. I am getting extremely strong Rufio vibes off of Bernard. <laughs> like, like there's a certain lost boys camp vibe to this whole place. But, but, but like the roof, the Rufio of this game yeah. is
1: Bernard. He's gonna start eating fake hamburgers by the end of this movie. Yeah, and riding around oh, he, on like a skateboard roller coaster track. He does eat something at the end of this movie that I have a question about, but... The uh, opposite of a hamburger. We'll get there in a minute. Um, By a minute, I mean an hour from now. Yeah. Uh, But Bernard and Charlie uh hit it off right out the gate. Yeah. Uh, he hands Charlie a, a, a snow globe. And Charlie
0: is more excited to get this snow globe than any kid has ever been <laughs> to receive a snow globe. A snow globe... The lamest thing in the world. Yeah. Not it doesn't. They call it a toy at one
1: point. A snow globe does not deserve to be called a toy. It is an object. But this toy does. Uh, this snow globe contains all of the transitions from Home Improvement. <laughs> and now I
0: grant them to you. Guard them carefully. <laughs> it, it's and he breaks it, and that the void comes out.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And they have to recontain it in an oil drum. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. At one point. So. Uh, Bernard asks uh, another elf named Larry to take Charlie on a uh, tour. Larry the elf, such <laughs> whimsy, such fun. <laughs> With these elf names. Uh, but L- Larry the cable elf. Then uh, Bernard takes uh, Tim to the toy making room. Yeah. And so uh, b- b- Bernard uh <laughs> Is kind of giving Tim the rundown of all the toys and, and the spiel of the North Pole, realizing that, okay, you are the new Santa. You've accepted this uh, clause. Because you because you put on the clothes, you accepted the clause. And you, you picked up the, the, uh, the card. The card. And uh, a little note here, our second home improvement uh, reference. Oh, yeah. Tim is over by a bunch of houses being constructed and tries to put on a toy tool belt at one point and goes, nah. And it it no, that's another life. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's another life. <laughs> I like that. Tim
0: Taylor, I haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> um, yeah, and Bert, you know, part of what Bernard shows him is that the red trim on the card, under a magnifying glass, is actually yeah. super, super fine print that basically says that, like, by taking this card, by putting on the clothes, he's agreeing to give up his old life forever. He's got the next eleven months to get his affairs in order, and then show up again by Thanksgiving
1: to prepare everything yeah. for Christmas um and i'm realizing that one of my favorite moments of the movie happens here and i uh, forgot the main detail of what the song is but uh charlie starts to say something the first couple lines of a song and bernard is like very quiet about it like don't let the other elves hear uh but charlie says it out loud and then they all kind of burst into song for a half a second well
0: it's it's like he mentions you've got to you know one of his duties is the list oh yes checking like, it
1: twice yeah what list you know
0: He's making a list, and then Charlie goes. He's checking it twice, and then all of the elves go. You gotta find out who's not here nice. And, and and Bernard looks like he hates this so much because
1: it affects the efficiency of the toys. Yeah,
0: exactly. He's a taskmaster. And again, this is this is this movie. This movie about Santa Claus dying, about a man getting unwittingly trapped and cursed. The, the <laughs> idea that hey, kids, hey, not only is Santa Claus someone who dies in this movie, the person bringing you your presents is trapped in this job and has had to abandon his previous (laughs) life against his will to make you happy. Yeah. And then also, Oh, and these toys, they're made by these
1: elves who are getting barked at and hounded
0: by this (laughs) douchebag Rufio.
1: Well, I think it's a bit of a cult if I'm being perfectly honest, Mm -hmm. because we have a, a, uh, a little bit of evidence for that in about two seconds when Tim is like, I don't want to do any of this. I don't give a shit about the other kids. I have my own life to worry about, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Bernard, (laughs) Um, says he says something about uh like do you want to kill Christmas like yeah. he has this like very thin thinly veiled threat that says you don't want to be responsible for killing Christmas do you and as he's saying this all of the elves just kind of hone in on Tim and walk you know children of the corn style <laughs> bringing out their skis and and backhoes like they're gonna kill Tim sure is a nice holiday you got here would be a shame <laughs> if something happened to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh but this is where we are introduced to judy yes um who is uh a elf actually from home improvement remember the uh, uh episode where tim is racing uh the cars for mark's birthday and, who could forget uh, uh this is the girl that he was racing against at the end of that episode
0: yeah and i gotta say not thrilled with her performance not buckets of charisma <laughs> i would say
1: fair but uh, she's a child so i'll give her a pass
0: I guess, I mean, I've seen better child act. Look, I'm not saying she's a bad
1: person, I'm I, just not saying she's a great actor uh, I, uh, Well, I'm not gonna, you know, children don't, I think, deserve to be picked apart too much I, oh. I would say she's she's on par with Charlie, though
0: yeah, I think Charlie has a little more depth and range than her. Charlie, right. like, lo- she's lo- not
1: given much to do here.
0: Yeah, true, true. I, I mean, she- how much would you
1: do with? I make a good hot chocolate. I spent two thousand years developing it.
0: Well, I do more than you're doing with it. Like, I try and <laughs> I try and really like, like, I I do some character work before we started shooting about, yeah. like, well, well, you know, what what journey did I go through to make this hot chocolate? Like, what <laughs> affected, what motivated me to make better hot chocolate? Right? Was there a father yeah. figure, a mother figure who who? <laughs> You know, did did someone I love drown in a vat of hot chocolate? Did someone I know die from drinking poisoned hot chocolate? <laughs> like, these things don't come
1: across like, like yeah, yeah, maybe it's not in the dialogue, but it comes across in your performance and your character. Well, how dare that seven-year-old not have the experience of a 30-year-old? Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> and I'm not even a professional
1: actor. Uh, Tim is exhausted, and uh, Bernard, but-but-bernard. Uh, shows him to his bedroom where I yes. guess they're gonna sleep for the night, and there's just a random puppet show going on in an and, abandoned room full of creepy killer dolls,
0: and no one, no, <laughs> no one really mentions it. Like there's no Tim, Tim who has been reacting to everything with scorn or shock or yeah. something, doesn't mention the fact that yeah, this, this 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 these two pump you know Punch and Judy puppets <laughs> in here. Having a full-on conversation and doing commentary on everything they see right by the bed.
1: <laughs> no, nothing. That that yeah. to
0: him is the most normal thing. There's in the
1: room. there's a lot of weird stuff going on. First of all, I want to break open Tim's uh, uh, weirdness with drinks in this sequence because Bernard goes, "Okay, you're here. Great. Do you want a drink?" And Tim goes, "No, I'm not thirsty." Then he goes into the bedroom and Judy says, "Can I get you a drink?" He's like, "Oh man, a stiff drink would be great." She goes out, makes the hot chocolate, brings it back. He's like, "I'm not thirsty." So, Tim, like, you quit being so fickle with your, your drinks. The other part is uh, there's a lot of weird peeping Tom-ish stuff going on here because you've got the, the puppets, the, the weird sentient puppets, That are, they go, whoo, as soon as Tim drops his pants. Yeah. So they're aware of, not only aware that Tim is dropping his pants, but that it's a faux pas, and that, you know, they're going to see something scintillating. They're excited. Um, But we also cut to outside the bedroom where a bunch of elves are peering in through the weird marble door decorations to watch Tim change into his pajamas. Yes. Probably because they haven't seen a human dick in a long time. Also let's, just, Is it that much different than an elf dick? Uh
0: well I don't know. We don't see any elf dicks in this movie, so you can't really compare. And because the elves are all children, I'm totally fine with that. I don't need to see that. I'm not asking for that. Um something that also I just want to point this out again. Yeah. Santa Claus, let's be forget, is dead. Santa Claus has died <laughs> as a direct result of yeah. Tim. So these elves, who, their boss and can, presumably on some level mentor, on yeah. some level god figure... For the
1: last 500, 1,000, 2,000, 8,000 years? Who knows?
0: Who, Yeah, who knows how long this previous person had been doing the job. Did so, Santa Claus deliver presents to cavemen? I, I don't know. I mean, pro- well, probably it was a lot easier back then, because A, the human population was lower, and yeah. B, the presents were all rocks. <laughs> but like and berries and, okay yes and berries and occasionally a gigantic obelisk i guess that make well actually no that was that was he delivered that to the monkeys and that's how you get cavemen yeah exactly um bones uh so by which i mean dvd copies of the tv show bones <laughs> uh cavemen loved that show uh dvd copies of the tv show cavemen cavemen didn't like that show as much uh but he so so anyway santa claus is dead yes the the way that these elves find out, I guess, is that the uh this you know when the sleigh comes back, it's got this new guy in it who's totally confused and doesn't know what's going on. Is there a second of like mourning for Santa Claus who these people never got a chance to say goodbye to? Nope. No, like so, are these elves? Because they're working, they have to keep working. So okay, so they're they're in a so these elves are locked into a socio-economic <laughs> environment in which they're not able to stop working long enough to have emotions? Exactly. How am I supposed to feel good about any of this? Also, <laughs> why does Santa Claus get such a luxurious, opulent room to be in? Why yeah. are the elves still working on Christmas when the gifts have all been delivered? Why is there such a crunch time now? Christmas,
1: it's like the mail room, it just never stops. You always have to be manufacturing presents. If you're gonna take one night off, couldn't it be the night that you've delivered all of the previous well, year's here, presents? here's the thing, is that on Christmas, you give out, Santa gives out out the presents for free. The rest of the year, he's manufacturing the toys so that they can be purchased in stores. That's how he makes his money to run the operation. I guess... So they have to keep working in order to keep up the supply for all the demand of toys throughout the world in uh, 365 days of the year. Is the Santa Claus too
0: about these elves starting a union or something? <laughs> it's like Bernie Sanders come out and, and, and talk about, like, the productivity of the elves has gone up and up and the wages have been stagnant.
1: <laughs> Santa Claus is the 1% in this movie. Um, and so Tim is, uh, after he is uh, dressed in his pajamas and Charlie's there, he's talking to Judy a little bit, and he looks out. Um, his bedroom has these grand swinging doors open to a balcony that overlooks his entire kingdom uh, there's a little detail that he says is that a polar bear directing traffic mm-hmm. uh, i point that out only because it plays part of the theory which will come into play in a few scenes perfect uh, during and during this when he's looking out there part
0: like he tim is explaining how he still doesn't really believe everything that he's seeing yeah. and and the little girl elf whatever her name is judy, judy. Says, uh, you know, says, Oh, well, that's that, you know, that's that's totally normal. Most, you know, most adults grow out of believing in magic. And the thing is, seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. That sounds like paranoid delusion to me. And it, it basically, <laughs> and you sound a lot like Neil, who basically alleges that's what everything is. Yeah. So long story short, Tim and Charlie
1: go to sleep. Yeah. Tim Actually, works- I do want to point out before we move too fast, uh, very quickly, uh, Judy, clearly, um, same name as the waitress, which Tim also points out, uh, in a scene or two, playing into the theory that, um, that charlie is uh pulling from reality to create fantasy yes very good so that's all Moving uh, on. They so go yeah, to sleep
0: they go to sleep tim wakes up the next morning back in his bed back in illinois wearing his santa claus jammies
1: yeah. he awakens to charlie screaming from the other room
0: yeah and and like any good father he hears his son screaming for him and thinks like no nah, this is fine he's good <laughs> we do. i can take my time on this yeah um and yeah, Tim wakes up and he's
1: he, in the, the the SC pajamas. Yes, he is. He's still in his Santa Claus jammies. And once he realizes that. And realizes Oh shit The entire previous evening Comes back Flooding back to him And he runs outside To check To see if the body Of uh, previous Santa Claus Is still there And no it's not But the body wasn't there Last night either At uh, early enough points So I don't know Why <laughs> he's
0: surprised The thing that disappeared Still disappeared That's right. part of what Made last night crazy He's running barefoot
1: Through the snow Which is uh, monstrous yeah, also, In and of itself weird I don't know how, Like there's a lot of frostbite That should happen <laughs> In this movie And doesn't uh, Charlie has not waited To open his presence Like a monster made the same like note
0: Tim comes downstairs, and Charlie's already opened all of these dope-ass
1: presents. Now, I'm not about to criticize a kid that's going through divorced parents and uh, parents that fight and, you know, all that stuff. Clearly, that uh, is—that's rough. Mm -hmm. Any kid would have a hard time going through that. That said— at this point, I've lost all connection to Charlie. I, he's he's a bit of a, a monster at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, because he is... Hence the antagonist. Because uh, if we are to assume that Tim is the protagonist, the person that is causing all of the stuff against him... Is the antagonist. Even outside of my theory, Charlie is the one that's, you know, through his wishing and joy... Uh, is the one, he's the impetus for all the stuff that happens to Tim, so technically Charlie is the antagonist of this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I I, I don't know, he's simultaneously uh, totally enraptured with Christmas and Santa Claus and all of the mythology, but then he also just wants to charge on ahead and open all of his presents without his dad, who he supposedly has this newfound relationship with, being (laughs) there. Also, he only starts loving his dad when his dad becomes Santa Claus. Kind of materialistic. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, Although also his dad only really stops being a dick when he becomes Santa Claus. So maybe there's two sides to the story. Uh... So anyway, uh, Charlie's uh, mom, Laura, and uh, Judge Reinhold show up to yep. pick him up. And Charlie's telling him all about, oh, Dad and I went to the North Pole. And Judy was there. She gave him these pajamas and all the, you know, all all these fantastical stories. And uh, Laura and Neil are both kind of like looking at Tim like, what did you do? What's going on Which here?
1: Which I feel like is a little bit of an overreaction on their part, too. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's why like can't a, the kid have a... It was Christmas Eve, the yeah. night that you're supposed to have these fantastical, you know, imagin- imagination evenings uh, like, just give the kid the evening, you know? Like, why can't he pretend that he went to the North Pole on Christmas Eve? Yeah, like,
0: I, I don't know. They, I think that everyone takes the ki- is a little too concerned about a kid having an imagination in this. <laughs> Agreed. But anyway, Tim writes it all off to be in a dream. He doesn't know what happened. Yeah. They, take, they take Charlie away. And then we abruptly cut from Christmas to, I guess, January when
1: we're back to school. Yeah, I, before we leave that scene too much, I, I want to say, I wrote two notes here that was weird to me to mm-hmm. see close ups of Tim Allen yeah. like on on tool time or on <laughs> home improvement we don't really get like close ups of him every yeah. once in a while we'll do but they're usually like medium uh close ups or you know e- enough that it's not so like intimate with his face yeah uh so it was weird to kind of process that and it was also weird to see him in kind of a postmodern decor as opposed to the the homey uh, colloquial style of the taylor home yeah uh just things i'm pointing out yeah no it, it's it's weird it's weird but we go to I, school where it's bring your uh parent to work day so that they could talk about their job and also the prerequisite that they have to dress like their profession yes yeah, so they've got a
0: fireman there talking first and in the background
1: there is a full-on astronaut in a space suit an astronaut a ballerina a construction worker all dressed like they're some uh inclusive version of the YMCA uh, Village yeah, People. Yeah,
0: the Village People. That's that's the new Village People is the ballerina astronaut. Uh, <laughs> cons- well, the construction worker comes back and then a fireman yeah. instead of a cop. And then a psychologist because... Uh, or yeah, a psychiatrist there. Because yeah. Neil is there too. Right. But Tim is also there mm-hmm. uh, and to explain what he does at the toy company. And uh, Charlie goes up and introduces him and says, this is my dad. He's Santa Claus. And starts telling everyone all about
1: what they did at the North Pole and showing yeah. off the... Uh, the uh, crystal ball, and ooh, that does not go over well. No, Charlie has some, like, massive delusional confidence here. Like, to yeah. be able to go that deep in front of your classmates, yeah. uh, that that's something else. And I think that kind of confidence only comes from knowing that you can manifest whatever you want to in this world.
0: It, he is, <laughs> uh, like, Charlie basically becomes a religious zealot pretty early <laughs> on in this movie. He has this yeah. unshakable fundamentalist faith that his dad is santa claus and this is the right way and the only way uh
1: yeah so a a belief that tim doesn't even have at this point but um from this kind of zealot talk they cut to the principal's office where Tim and uh, the parents have been sent to the principal's office exactly and And tim's disdain for psychology is just running deep in this scene oh my god he can't even answer a single question with a single answer he always deflects his like uh, I, I wish I'd wrote down examples of well, this. Well, but...
0: it's, it's like, well, what did, what did you do with, with, uh, well, what did you and Charlie do together on Christmas Eve? And Tim goes, oh, you know, the usual, we ate a bowl of sugar, took some shots of brown liquor, played with shotguns, <laughs> uh, field dressed a cat, went hunting for women. What do you think we did? We read a book. It's like that, but he does like two or three of those in a row where they ask him a fairly simple and rudimentary yeah. question. And he gives a very scornful,
1: sarcastic reply. And then he goes, I can't, uh, this is ridiculous. I can't be here for this. But you are the one being ridiculous. They're asking rational questions, and you're the one that is deflecting all of your answers. <laughs> just give an answer, and the meeting will be over faster.
0: Yeah, and so the principal basically
1: just tells him, like, look, you got to sit down with your kid and tell yeah. him you're not Santa Claus. And they do that. We cut to the next scene. The where zoo, The zoo, and where particularly? The bear enclosure at the, the p- zoo. Polar bear. Now, granted, I had a hard time looking at this uh scene but uh let's presume for this theory that this is a place that they go to often to have heart to heart talks Charlie would have known about this polar bear thus created the polar bear creating uh the traffic cop at the north pole
0: okay okay
1: that so they all
0: every Every little thing that he sees, it's like it's like at the end of Time Bandits when you're looking around his room as the firemen are pulling him out, and you see, like, all the little figurines of, like, the knights and the soldiers and yeah. everything else.
1: Uh, actually, I believe that goes back to the Wizard of Oz. Oh, God. Oh, Landon. <laughs> Time Bandits is my Wizard of Oz, okay, dear? No, mine too. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, this is—but Tim keeps uh, kind of telling— Charlie, that uh, he can't keep going on with this charade, that uh, that that night never really happened.
0: Yeah, and as they're having this conversation, they're walking down a path of the zoo, and it turns out all the reindeer from the zoo are following him, yep. followed by one one very flustered reindeer keeper who's waving his arms around, as though to signal to the reindeer, hey, come back
1: here. Because <laughs> we all know that's how you rein in reindeer.
0: Yeah. And uh, I appreciated that. Thank you. Um, So... This, I, like, this, I like getting thanks for my jokes. This reindeer keeper is going, "Oh dear, <laughs> you're raining on my parade." I don't know, parade of reindeer. Yeah, thank you. That was a good joke, Landon. <laughs> uh, so and so at this point, we're kind of just, we just keep jumping ahead in the year. We're going yeah. through the, the snow has melted, and the kid just has this weird Christmassy obsession
1: throughout the year. And we and, see that by it's like somewhat of a montage where we're just getting like shots and stuff where. Um, presumably this is January, February, it's after Christmas, obviously, and Charlie is in his room, uh, making pretend with, uh, a, a makeshift sleigh that he's done, uh, and there's a, um, uh, Mark Taylor-style drawing on his door that says, the North Pole, South. <laughs> oh, the South Pole? It's, it's like the South North Pole or something. Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't catch all that, but, uh, Laura looks in on that and goes, oh, this might be going a little deeper than, uh, we anticipated. We get a
0: scene with Neil sitting with Charlie trying to just convince him that Santa isn't real, where he's, yeah. like, he's got the globe there, and he's like, now, Charlie, how could Santa possibly get to all these houses on Earth? And in in this scene, I feel like Neil is basically the, the atheist ACLU college <laughs> professor in your grandpa's email forward, and, like... Like he's like try well how could you know if God really existed knock me off this podium right now and then Charlie is like the bold heroic Marine who defeats him with facts and logic like Ben Shapiro.
1: This is my only. While Neil is a bit of a magoo in this movie, Mm -hmm. he you know he's definitely a square. Um, It's hip to be. I think he's the most rational of anyone in this whole movie also agreed i kind of like neil but this is the only scene where i'm like neil you're taking this a little too far yeah like you don't need to actively uh disengage a kid from believing in santa claus at the age of seven he'll age out of it in a year or two
0: you need to disengage this kid from believing his
1: dad is santa claus (laughs) exactly yeah
0: Uh, and you know, Tim comes by to pick Charlie up and they basically threaten to revoke custody if he is not able to snap Charlie out of this delusion, which again, seems a little bit extreme, but I guess they don't have a lot of faith in Tim to do the right thing, which I guess I wouldn't either. Yeah.
1: And they take yet another walk to have another talk. And, um, at this point, uh, Tim is like, you know what, let's, I'm not going to try to talk you out of this, but why don't we keep it a secret between the two of us? Mm Mm-hmm. So as he's, like, looking on Charlie, he can't crush his dreams the way that Neil can for some reason. Yeah. Uh, And they agree. We we should keep it a secret from Mom and Neil and from um, all the other people in the world. Yeah. Just,
0: you know, it's just our little secret. Just you and me. Which typically, whenever an adult says to a kid, "Hey, let's keep this thing secret from everyone else, including your <laughs> legal guardians," you were, yeah, right. that's a big old red flag. <laughs> and we're getting into the part of the movie where it starts to get redder and flaggier. Yeah, uh, the, a little bit. The, the behavior gets weirder and weirder. So, and then this comes the point at which the uh, the Santa Claus, which is already a movie, lest we forget, a movie about a guy who kills Santa, <laughs> and no one seems to care. Greenlit. Greenlit, it's a movie about a children's movie about a guy killing Santa Claus, and now it becomes a body horror movie. Because Tim starts waking up, finding yes. that he's putting on more and more weight
1: <laughs> uh, despite
0: uh-huh. his best efforts.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, he's a little bit heavier. He uh, wakes up with a, a little bit beardier. Very loud fart.
0: Yes, a little uh, bit. I don't know if that's more farty or just a regular amount of farts. Like, I don't know why the <laughs> fart had to
1: be there, honestly. I, I, I apparently, think ate... it's, a, it's a side effect of becoming more magical. I mean, that's why Comet farts all the time. Mm. That's where the magic comes out.
0: Like,
1: <laughs> that, that's really, it's, it's magic byproduct.
0: <laughs> the, the Santa Claus, like, you're, you're Your stomach can't digest all the
1: magic, so it just turns into parts. Exactly. I mean, wait until the Doctor Strange sequel. That is (laughs) going to be very flatulent. Uh, I can't wait. I feel like certain
0: fetish communities will have a ball with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch farting a lot.
1: Uh, But this is where he's first trying to like... He's first struggling with these changes in his body. And again... He's always blaming other things. He's like, it's the mirror. And then he steps on the scale and he's just like way overweight. He's like, nope, it's the scale. And then he goes back to the mirror and he's still fat and still uh, beardy. This
0: scene is kind of the opposite of that scene in every Spider-Man movie where, <laughs> where Peter Parker's like, oh, damn, I'm shredded. Oh, I'm really good looking. Right? <laughs> wow, what the hell? Oh man, I have all these weird abilities. For Tim, it's like, oh man, I, none of my clothes fit, and I'm getting, I'm getting heavier and heavier, and growing weird beards, and my hair is turning white. Like it's, <laughs> it's the opposite direction of what happens to Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, Santa Claus, the opposite of Spider-Man. <laughs> Copyright Truman
1: Caps. Cut to the office where Tim is coming in for a toy pitch meeting. Uh, only he's wearing uh, sweatpants and a sweatshirt and and his
0: co-workers all of the board members just ritualistically fat shame him just
1: like well, well Peter oh, Boyle Tim, yeah you
0: look awful just... You're, you've gained so much weight uh,
1: yeah and hey, I mean look I think there's been a little talk uh, in the last couple of years as we are adjusting to social norms and and that sort of stuff norms <laughs> where uh, there's a little bit of conversation about how fat people are treated in movies and um, while it doesn't bother me too much in this movie, the the idea of a fat suit, uh, I think Hollywood just needs to be done with fat suits entirely oh, yeah. for forever. Yeah. Uh, that joke is just not funny. The last movie I think that I can remember that did it was Central Intelligence with uh, The Rock oh, and yeah. uh, uh, Kevin uh, Hart, Yes, where they got rid of the fat suit and they just superimposed The Rock's face on a fat person. And they thought it was okay because the fat person is singing and joyous in the shower, but that's just the stereotype in the opposite direction.
0: Yeah. Um, also, superimposing adult faces onto child bodies never works. Never. Don't don't no. do it
1: ever. It's something that bothers me. Uh, a, a kind of a cause that I, you know, as someone that's struggled with weight my whole life, want to draw some attention to. But, um, I'm not gonna say it as far as uh the Santa suit or anything in this. But Peter Boyle's like just straight up calling him Pillsbury Doughboy at one point yeah. and saying. Just pointing to his weight, going, "Oh my God, you've gained a lot of weight."
0: On the other hand, it feels kind of like sweet retribution because you like look at how Tim treats uh, overweight people on on Home Improvement yeah, all the time. Right. So it's kind of like, "Oh well, see
1: see well, how it feels, Tim." <laughs> it's funny you said that because one of my notes here, uh, especially when he has the the stubble, I'm like, "Oh my God, he's turning into Al Borland. <laughs> he's becoming more sensitive." <laughs> He's becoming more, uh, well, robust and beardy. Yeah, and
0: and if, you know, if the weight gain kept going, he'd eventually turn into Al's mom, probably, and then that would be the real comeuppance.
1: Um, but but yes. he, he plays it off as a beasting.
0: Yes, uh, the beasting boys and. <laughs> That not even a joke, not even it's. No, but I appreciate it. Santa has sabotaged him. I wish you hadn't done that while I took a sip of water. All he really wants is girls. I don't even know. That's not even not not even a pun there. So <laughs> uh, he comes in right as they're ordering lunch. Everyone's ordering salads yeah. or like pasta, light on the oil, whatever. And he orders a Caesar salad with no dressing, and then like five different desserts, and. <sighs>
1: Uh, and uh, like a hot fudge Sunday. <laughs> then we get a very confounding music transition it's where so weird. after the, the music, or after the music, after the food has been delivered, they're all kind of uh, post-meal. Tim is still finishing his parfait with uh, uh, well, lots hot of fudge. hot fudge. And the Jeopardy thong- song
0: thong the jeopardy thong song <laughs>
1: <laughs> cisco went in a weird direction uh for a while you got there. really
0: into like facts and and quizzes and trivia <laughs> it
1: was it was the era of like the baja men and the macarena where you just had one hit and then you did variations on it for the rest of eternity <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the jeopardy market really needed to be exposed to the thong song <laughs> the jeopardy theme starts playing and i
0: don't like a Christmasized, well, it's, Cause like, is, is it because they're waiting? It's like, what, what exactly is the impetus for this? I don't know. It's like this is the song. It's like a Christmassy-ish kind of cover of the song that plays. When people at Final... are like, during Final Jeopardy, when everyone's, like, thinking of their clues. I'll
1: take metabolism for 800.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'll take strange career choices for 1,000.
1: Yeah. But uh, at this point, one of the uh, douchebag yuppies stands up in the meeting to make his presentation for the Total Tank. Yes. And for some reason, in March... They're using Santa as a uh, spokesperson or, or as a character to. Well, they might this. just be like th- these ad
0: campaigns take a while. They might be prepping their Christmas like campaign early yeah. on.
1: Well, still like in the realm of toys, you never yeah. actually use Santa as a character to sell your toy. The toy sells itself.
0: I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to think of what toy marketing in the '90s was. I've seen Santa in
1: commercials. <laughs> uh coke commercials yeah which know. by the way you know coke uh created the image of santa that we know oh really well yeah the, we... the red and white i mean yeah hence their colors that oh okay so this movie is one big coke product placement i mean any anytime you see santa is a coke product placement at this point point. and this movie had a polar bear in it
0: too that's also do did we did, did coke also create polar bears to sell coke <laughs> <laughs> maybe did they create
1: disney who knows uh... um at this point, they probably one of them owns the other. It's a snake yeah. eating a larger snake. Uh, but to kind of get through this unimportant scene. Um they he's pitching the total tank he's using santa to like go okay instead of the sleigh he's gonna ride the tank and tim stands up in protest and says no we're not gonna do that what about kids we want to make a a product that stands the test of time that one that's gonna break and they have to buy parts that's not a thing that kids do they never buy parts yeah. to a broken toy they go no. buy another toy exactly uh and at this point peter boyle takes him outside and says what the fuck is going on with you man you're going out of your fucking mind he smacks him in the face <laughs> it basically turns into Glengarry Glen Ross he's he's like Alec Baldwin like (laughs) eggnog is for closers oh my god um and uh, he calls him the Pillsbury doorboy, Tells him to get his life in order. And uh, we cut to the doctor's office where Tim is like trying to finally assess what's
2: going on.
0: He's, with him. he's like running on it running on a treadmill, and he's even fatter yeah. now. He's got like this
1: awful, like weird, gross fat suit belly
2: sticking yeah, out he's of his shirt.
1: Grayer, yeah. And yeah. This is the only time that the fat suit thing kind of bothered me.
0: Th- this This is where I made the note that this is basically a body horror movie. You <laughs> you, you know, this is a guy
1: losing control of his yeah. body, getting shamed by everyone he knows. He's
0: experiencing mood swings. <laughs> <laughs> and weird changes to his diet, being ostracized by society, all because he—well, all because he—it's kind of like yeah. I don't know a drag me to hell type thing, yeah. where you—you've
1: pissed off the wrong spiritual figure. It's uh, American Santa in America. <laughs> that's
2: not as interesting you no, kind of assume not, that it's an american santa
1: in america um and uh so the doctor's assessment is that uh, you're healthy you're just big you're middle age this is you know you, things expand at this age you get grayer i, I saw the same thing happen
0: to uh, to tom hanks he, he was totally healthy he just happened to be big well you know my recommendation you want to work off that weight go to fao schwartz and dance on a piano for a while <laughs> play in the you'll be fine um, also the doctor listens to his heartbeat yeah and
1: uh it sounds like jingle bells yep it was a, a joke they did that th- that was a joke that they did and I'm not gonna thank them for it the way that you thank me for my joke
0: because you didn't like the joke I didn't like the joke that much I show I show them more respect than you show <laughs> uh yeah so next
1: up next up is it a soccer game for oh, his God. kid the soccer game is a weird scene because he, he he looks much more like Santa now. It, it, he's like got the white hair, the white beard. He's bigger and he's wearing It seems like if you're trying to dispel the idea that you're Santa, why would you wear red, red and, and white? white? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like he's not doing himself any favor. Look, like, I've seen plenty of fat older
0: guys with white hair and white beards who don't look like Santa Claus because they don't wear red and white. Yeah.
1: But you dress like that, you invite the comparison. Yeah, exactly. And as he's sitting on the bench watching Charlie play soccer, uh, this little girl sees him and starts kinda tiptoeing, ding, ding, ding,
2: ding, ding, ding
1: toward him. Sounds like Muppet Babies. <laughs> Sits on the bench next to him and then slides over and over and over until she's on his lap and says, I want, um, Ballerina shoes. Ballerina shoes.
0: And then Laura and, uh, Laura and Neil show up to watch the soccer game and they look over and they see Tim yeah. with an entire line of kids waiting to sit on his lap, which... It does not look good. It's not a good look. And Tim <laughs> no. understands this, and he, like, gets Even up, in 94, it was a little. <laughs> he gets up and goes to them, and it's like, no, 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 okay. I didn't make the kids do that. They did
1: that on their own, <laughs> which is exactly what a child molester uh, would say. We have to point out that Laura and Neil just walk straight through the field while a soccer game is being played. Granted, yes. it's peewee soccer. But they just walk, and they don't walk all the way through to the other sideline. They stop in the center of the field while the game is being played. Yep. The ref doesn't stop the game. The kids don't stop playing. The they don't uh, move for the ball at Some, all. Someone yells "Look out!" at one point, but they don't even listen. They, <laughs> they don't. No, no. And so they just take Charlie away and say, "You know what? You can't. Uh, uh, you can't. You can't do this."
0: Yeah, you they, they well like they they take Charlie who was in the middle of the game. They grab him. They start pulling him away, and he's like, "No, no, no, don't!" And Tim is like, "No, no, no don't make him leave. I'll leave."
1: And they're <laughs> Which like, "Which is a nice thing to say." Yeah, yeah. It was
0: a nice thing to say, but they're they're like, "No, your your dad is being so weird that that even though he's going to leave this space, we're gonna make you leave this space too. <laughs> we're punishing you for your dad being crazy." <laughs> we'll
1: leave him by all the other kids, but uh, you, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, and Laura in this scene says, "You know what? This is." Starting starting to scare me, and I'm like, oh, okay, there's a voice of rationality in this movie, finally. Yeah. Because uh, that would be scary behavior. Yes, it would be. And, I I mean, look, this movie is weird. I, I mean, it's
0: like, it seems like the main conflict in it is just Tim not wanting to be Santa Claus and yeah. everyone in his life hating on him. Like, I honestly feel like this movie could have done with more kind of like... I, I don't know. I would have. I would have liked to know more about what happened with the old Santa, or like more about who established the Santa Claus, <laughs> or like why this race of elves exists. Maybe that's what goes into uh, Santa Claus two and three. I guess. I guess we have to see. But instead, it's mostly just like the the big chunk of the middle of this movie is just tim in his hometown outside chicago walking around getting fatter and fatter and beardier and beardier it's really a
1: superhero origin story
0: (laughs) yeah honestly it is it just it's the it's the superhero who's the opposite of (laughs) spider-man it's the
1: amazing santa claus uh but we cut back to tim's house yeah where uh there's a knock on the door and it's a delivery man saying hey we got uh delivery for you and, and Tim's like, great, uh, he has uh, shaving cream on, clearly he's doing something in the bathroom, he's like, just uh, set it inside, I trust you with all of my belongings, and keeping you out of my eyesight, so yeah. just leave it inside, Yeah. and he goes upstairs uh, to finish shaving.
0: And he then, well, wait, do we get the him shaving scene then? No, or it's or is coming it up? Up? Okay, yeah, so he... Yeah, it comes back downstairs to find that the entire his entire house basically has been filled up with boxes, <laughs> and it turns out this is the list of
1: every kid on Earth and whether they are naughty or nice. Yeah. And as you said, uh, Tim is looking very much like TV's son of TV Santa.
0: Yeah, well, th- this especially when he yeah when he's first shaved off his beard, he looks like uh, Frank Conniff as TV's Frank on Mystery Science Theater because he has yeah. this big huge thick head of white hair yeah, and with no a little beard. bit of curly pompadour style yeah, yeah just enough just enough and is yeah and is also sort of a rotund gentleman
1: i have to ask a question here so yes. he picks up uh one of the boxes and looks at the list do you, you caught the name that he said Ar- armand armand asante what the fuck yeah like that's like that's a person right that's, that's an a, actor that's th- yeah. uh from judge dread from uh fatal instinct the carl reiner movie i mean he's like this weird thriller Like uh, kind of erotic thriller actor. But in spite of being in all those erotic thrillers, he's a good boy. (laughs) I guess so, yeah. I suppose, yeah. It was just a weird like, why call that name out of all of the names in the world? Um, Armand Sante. I guess we don't know That it was it Was it the good list Or the naughty list We don't know Which list he was
0: reading Well I mean It's like It's uh, the, it, It's just the list Of all the kids And there's just oh, like
2: Oh and he needs you to could, check it you that's, can, Yeah and is, so that, you check is that naughty the mythos nice of uh, Okay so I think that's it yeah. You have
1: in, in terms of the Santa list You have the name And then you have Two check boxes Good or naughty Yeah Um seems a little too binary for me. I mean, there seems to be a lot of uh, middle ground to negotiate. Nope. nope, there's not. Nope, nope. It's a totally binary proposition. Again, this is a Christian
0: holiday. Okay. It's It's the re- religion where you either get eternity in paradise and happiness or eternity of condemnation and pain. Uh, there's no, like, there, you know, there's the
1: good place and the bad place. There's no medium. Place. All right. Uh, later we cut to Charlie's house where, uh, mom and Neil, uh, are talking. They just don't know what to do about this Chris Kringle situation anymore.
0: Yes. And Neil basically comes around to suggest taking
1: away visitation rights entirely. Yeah. Well, it's not explicitly stated in the season. He says, there is one other possibility we can explore. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, sets up a, uh, shot coming up in a moment well i think before yeah and the lead into that is tim once again trying to shave and dye his hair uh well before that we get the the shot of him walking down the street just looking at people going naughty Naughty, nice nice, naughty naughty, nice and then
0: he sees a really sexy girl in a super short skirt and goes very nice and she goes in your dreams sleigh boy he goes (sighs) also he could have also gone very
1: naughty and it also would have worked (laughs)
2: <laughs> creepy either way but yeah
1: yes uh and then we get the mirror scene where he shaves and uh yeah, he, dyes his hair sh- sh- so he he
0: finishes shaving and dyes his hair he pulls the hair net off and he looks with his face at the size and proportion that it is, he looks like Mike Myers. He looks like Mike Myers does at this exact moment that you're listening to this. And then almost immediately... As
1: Mike Myers, not as one of his characters. Yeah, yeah no, yeah.
0: just playing himself. Like, that's why he plays so many weird characters, is to get away from the horror of what Mike Myers looks like now. Uh, and then he immediately turns back into Santa. Like, the beard and the
1: hair comes back and just goes, mm-hmm. oh, no. <laughs> not a grunt. Not a grunt because he's speaking. Yeah, but it's that. Well, and this to go back to the other grunts were those actually grunts because they were uh, words that Santa typically speaks. Ho ho ho. Oh, that's tough to
0: say. Oh, well. Either way, this won't factor into our series grunt yeah, count, you're right. okay. so it's, it's hard to. But look, he's in. He's totally doing the home improvement grunt. He's just yeah. made it sound like ho
1: ho ho. Right. Um. And so this cuts to the judge's office. We are at the courthouse where. Uh, Uh, Laura and Neil have uh, set up an appointment with the judge to talk about visitation rights. And I'll bet you anything that Tim has been
0: dreading that trip to see the judge. And I tell you that judge Reinhold and that judge probably have a lot to talk about.
1: (laughs) It's kind of hot in the apartment and I'm getting real dumb now. (laughs) Uh, But so as the judge is in there kind of talking to Charlie, um, Laura starts pontificating about like, are we overreacting here? I mean, like, this is the age that i stopped believing in santa or like is it so bad that he he's thinking about this and answer is no He's no. seven years old. Yeah, totally normal. I believed in Santa till I was like 10, probably. And Neil's uh, response is like, well, when did you stop believing in Santa? And she goes, well, probably around his age. Around his age. That doesn't mean you have to stop acti- uh, believing at that age. It's not one size fits all for yeah. having kids. And she goes on to this whole spiel about um, wanting mystery date and wrote a letter to Santa the every... Board ga- the board game mystery yes, date. not a mystery date. Yeah,
0: that would be weird
1: at seven. <laughs> uh, but not at 36... Uh, in 2019, it's called dating apps. Um, it's called Tinder. <laughs> t- t- and yeah, it's exactly. not a gift; it's a curse, <laughs> precisely, uh, and it's a, an unsigned contract. Uh, so, but then Neil goes into his thing. He's just like, "Well, when did you stop believing?" And he goes, "When I was three years old. All I wanted for Christmas that year was an Oscar Meyer uh, Oscar Meyer whiney, we- weenie whistle. Good yeah. lord, that's hard to say. It, Oscar Meyer weenie whistle. Fuck you." Uh, <laughs> Which so he stopped believing at three years old because he didn't get an Oscar Mayer uh, weenie whistle. Yeah, when I I don't think I could comprehend shit i had like a dog's memory at three years old like i didn't get what i wanted by the time i opened up three presents i had forgotten what i asked for yeah like i I, like
0: who at three years old is able to comprehend like the con like oh my parents say santa exists so i can't make an independent decision that goes against that like whatever no i mean then
1: clearly he does and he just missed messed up on this uh (laughs) yeah exactly so but uh the the judge comes back out after having talked with Charlie. Uh at this point Tim has arrived and uh says that you know what, he's made a, a very brutal decision to revoke the visitation rights from, from Tim. And and uh because, you know, because the reason for this, of course,
0: is that Charlie has pulled a total mark and has spilled all of his yeah. secrets to the judge,
1: <laughs> who who has yeah. not had the same level of understanding that another child might. Exactly. And uh, I think that uh, this story could have taken a different turn had this... Uh, Occurred at the beginning If this was the inciting incident Then Tim could have disguised himself as Santa Claus To infuse himself back in his kid's life uh, Pretending to be a different person For the entire movie Until a dinner scene at the end of the movie Where uh, his face comes off And it's revealed uh, that Sally Field Had been duped the entire time And they call it Mrs. Santa Claus (laughs) Because Mrs. Santa Fire
0: isn't funny Uh, (laughs) They call it Santa Elmo's Fire
2: I I mean, I appreciate that one. That
0: was probably the idea at some point. Then Mrs.
1: Doubtfire came out and they were like, ah, man. God damn it. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, So we cut to nighttime and uh, Tim is despondent. He's just walking the city streets uh, yeah. late at night and in
0: in in his in like a Santa-looking sweatshirt and <laughs> with like a, a, a some kind of hat on. At this
1: point he's fully assumed the visage of Santa Claus. He is he is like he, the suit.
0: he's like the 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 guy in uh, District 9 when he's fully become the alien. <laughs>
1: exactly. Spoiler alert for that movie that's a uh, decade it, old. yeah, come on. You've um, had your chance. Neil Blomkamp clearly is not making sequels. He Uh, Ends up on this walk, though, just very creepily staring into the dining room window, watching Charlie eat food with his family. This is my first note where I said, this is not how you get custody of your
0: kid back. (laughs) Because the the judge says, I'm revoking custody pending a hearing uh, on the first of the year. And I think, like, oh, okay, the climactic scene in the movie is going to be him at the child custody hearing a sort of like miracle on 34th street courtroom victory for Santa Claus. (laughs) But, uh, so like for, no, you're watching your family from outside the window. This is not how you get your kid back. Yeah. Then there's a knock at the door of the house and Neil goes and opens the door and it's Tim who walks right into the house. Yeah. Not legal buddy. And, and I'm like, this is not how you get custody back. (laughs) And, and Neil says, you're not supposed to be here. And Tim goes, don't make me beat you up, Neil. This is not how you get custody back. Not in the least You know these people will remember
1: these things, (laughs) and they have their own lawyer probably. Uh, So here's one note that I have. This is presumably closer to Thanksgiving at this point because he has to go back to the North Pole. I think this is Thanksgiving. Oh, is that why they're eating dinner? I I, I think this is what's – You don't don't eat dinner
0: throughout the rest of the year. I know, yeah. I I I call it quits at lunch every day except for (laughs)
1: Thanksgiving. Uh, Well, that would make sense then, which then – Uh, This brings my note even uh, more into focus, which is, you know, we've watched a couple seasons of Home Improvement at this point. Yes. Uh, You know, from the end of one season to the beginning of the next, what typically happens to the kids on the show? They age. They do. Uh, Charlie seems conspicuously
0: uh, de-aged. Listen, Charlie Tim Taylor has become unstuck in time. That's That's all I can say. I think his trip to the North Pole is he forever imbued him with the sense of childhood wonderment that makes him stay young yeah um so uh tim is saying that he has to go back to the north pole well yeah i mean
1: he he comes I, I think he's kind of first he goes in he argues with them some well yeah i mean he argues with uh with neil and laura a little bit about it and he's like can i can i just have a moment with charlie alone to to explain what's going on just to say goodbye properly
0: this is not
1: how you get custody back <laughs> uh and in this moment tim is like yeah i have to go back to the north pole now you can't come with me and charlie's like
2: why i
1: really want to go life isn't fair oh man estelle costanza just came in the room (laughs) uh and so this comes i'm bringing my theory back here yeah the second that charlie doesn't start to get his way poof what materializes out of nowhere? Uh, uh, Boris, <laughs> uh,
0: Bernard, Bezelbob. Uh, yeah, Bernard in the like he's in the kitchen e- or like in the
1: dining room eating. I think some of the turkey, which yeah. is how I think that it's Thanksgiving. So, uh, just a, it, it might be a coincidence, but the second that Charlie doesn't start to get his way, something comes in to intervene to help him get his way. Okay, okay, fair. Uh, and so, what happens here? They start talking a little bit, Bernard makes a compelling argument, I suppose, but then Laura comes back in. Well, well you no, know, Charlie's like, you know, Charlie's like, can I come with you? And,
0: and and Tim looks at Bernard and is like, can he? And Bernard's like, I don't, I don't see why not. Yeah, and then Laura walks back in. And no one is around. This is not... <laughs> how you get custody back.
1: And this is probably my favorite uh, cut in the movie. So we we see the shot of her coming in and seeing the door open, Charlie and Tim both gone. Cut to police headquarters. <laughs> this movie takes a real turn. This movie suddenly becomes, like, in the last 20 minutes of it, it gets very intense. But, yeah, so... Th- this begins a, a series of... Uh, uh, Cuts back and forth between um, the North Pole and police headquarters. Which, which in the movie, it feels like it's taking place over a couple days, but I realize this is like
0: a month. Yeah, like, like th- this is like a full-on missing persons case. Police investigating, detectives like at the house waiting in case someone
1: calls. Yeah, and and the parents worried sick. And meanwhile, Tim and Charlie are at the North Pole. Charlie is a fucking engineering genius for some reason. All of a sudden, yeah, has made. Um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? High tech changes to the yeah, sleigh to the and to their operation yeah. and everything. And of course, they have uh, Quentin, uh working on the sleigh as well. He's the the head engineer elf.
0: Yeah, who's got a Scottish accent and a and classic
1: Star Trek reference. Massive ponytail, which is disgusting looking. That was the 90s, man. Different times.
0: <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so it's these cuts between all this work being done at the North Pole, all these technological yeah. advancements, and meanwhile, like. Cops are stopping and frisking every Santa Claus they see, and and they're like doing police sketches of of him. There's a scene of of Charlie calling home, and like the cops are there waiting, and they like yeah. you know Laura picks up, and the cops like, "I'll keep him talking, keep him talking, so we can trace the call." It's and- very, yeah,
1: exactly, it's like. Ron Howard's ransom.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Charlie is, you know, the the, the phone connection is all scratchy. He's like, no, I'm fine, Mom. I'm just at the North Pole. Dad and I are making all these adjustments to the sleigh. It's going to be great. And, like, I'm picturing, like... Having watched, I, I don't know, if you've watched Abducted in Plain Sight, no, I uh, it's a, a documentary about, a uh, well, let's just say it's a guy who abducts a uh, young girl who's a family friend for, let's say, not good purposes. Okay. Uh, but, was but he part- dressed as Santa Claus? <laughs> no, he was not, but he does spin an elaborate story for her about why <laughs> he has to abduct her that she yeah. fully believes and buys into this fantasy. Gotcha. And Again, it, let me bring up christmas evil <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and but like a big factor in it is she will call the family from time to time and be like no 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 i'm fine i'm fine i'm with him like i'm there's a much darker version of this that doesn't have uh, a happy pop song playing in the background <laughs> it doesn't have zz tops give me yeah. all your Lovin'" playing in the background so I, I just i don't know how neil and laura's relationship like you know they're on the phone with him mm-hmm. and he's like okay but i gotta go by no 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 and he hangs up like this must be traumatizing for them. Yeah. I don't know how this hasn't destroyed Neil and Laura's relationship because Neil didn't want to leave the two of them alone, but Laura
1: <laughs> insisted. And like, yet. the
0: guilt she must be feeling and the loathing he must feel for her.
1: And yet there is a, a moment in a little bit uh, where they're just sitting despondently at the kitchen counter where it's like, why are you not out there fucking looking for him? M- making making some sad-ass pita bread sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's not skip over the what it's intercutting with yeah. at the North Pole where it's like the James Bond Q scene yeah. where uh, the elves are showing all of the new gadgets that Tim has this year to use. They have a new flame retardant uh, uh, Santa suit that he can wear underneath his traditional garb uh, so yes. that fireplaces will no longer be a problem. What have you done for the last 500 years? <laughs> also, they're demonstrating that this by... That is the core, cornerstone of Santa.
0: And they're demonstrating this by having two elves toast like a mannequin wearing this thing with, uh, with, with flamethrowers yeah. and... So, yeah, the, the suit is left totally untouched, but the head part and the hands and the feet of the mannequin are melting, <laughs> melting off. Yeah.
1: No one comments on that fact. <laughs> and Tim's big thing is like, okay, what have you designed to help me not fall off a roof? Yeah, another good thing that it would have been good to have in the last 500 years. <laughs> uh, it, th- Meanwhile, the, the police headquarters, their whole—their uh, their plan— is written out on a chalkboard that looks like a Home Alone schematic.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, 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 and also it has all of the squad cars parking at the donut shop in the top left corner. <laughs> um, and yeah, so the, yeah, the cop's whole plan is to stake out the entire neighborhood and yep. wait. There's a shot at one point of Tim, I guess they're trying to go for a, a right stuff thing of like Tim and oh, Charlie. Yeah, this is where
1: the, the music cue of ZZ Top yeah. uh, starts coming in.
0: Tim and all the elves walking down this hallway together mm-hmm. while you give me all your loving all your hugs and kisses too and like as they're going down the hall like we cut away to some other police stuff <laughs> and then back to them and as they're walking down the hall they all start doing like a synchronized dance where they like throw up an arm and then throw up their other arm and yeah. like it's which honestly I kind of love I kind of love when a movie inexplicably breaks Just into does dancing
1: that. Uh, the, the police stuff that we skip over in that is that uh, they they have their home alone schematic they have their their orders Yeah, what they have to do is go out to the streets to to implement it what do they do they skid out of their the police hq parking oh lot. Yeah, yeah there's no reason for them to like fishtail out of parking spots to get out on the street <laughs> i mean but you know what being a cop in a
0: small town like this probably isn't that exciting so when when something big <laughs> happens you have to make the most of you gotta so. do your 70s cop show power slides <laughs> that's
1: why they're so amped up to use the the sniper rifles, finally? Yes, yes. they, they got with those one whole guy there it has been rants. like, I've been practicing this in my free time for the last 25 years. I'm finally going to get to use my skills in the job. I,
0: I became a cop for one reason, and one reason only. I want to kill Santa Claus. <laughs> and hey, elf lives matter, guys. Uh, so they also, there's a scene in the police station where Laura is there with the cops, and they're looking at a police lineup yep. of a bunch of Santa Clauses. And she's like, no, that's not him. Now, the reason that you use a lineup with a witness is if the witness can't identify the person who is responsible for something. (laughs) I think Laura knows what her ex-husband looks like. I don't know, he's been going through a lot of changes over the last year. Who knows? But but the whole... Per- they're looking for Santa Claus. So it's yeah. like, if he continues to look like Santa Claus... <laughs> like, if he... Yeah.
1: It, it's a lineup of Santa's claws. Uh, worth pointing out that one of the people in the lineup is Mr. John Pasquin. Oh, shit. Yeah. I did not realize that. Is he the one who That's turns his... the wrong direction? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It would make sense. It's yeah. his Hitchcock uh, cameo. Uh, So...
0: Yeah. So anyway, it, it, you know, things are getting things are getting pretty pretty lit. And yep. anyway, this so this month long missing rich white boy case that has doubtless gripped the entire nation like John Bennett Ramsey or something <laughs> like I, like Greta Van Susteren camping camping out outside the police station. <laughs> uh, finally, it's Christmas Eve, and yep. Tim and uh, Charlie are taken off in the sleigh to go deliver gifts. Also, at no point has Tim seemed to consider like yeah. His parents must be, re- like, the woman who I conceived this boy with must really be upset about the fact yeah, that I've no, disappeared. not
1: factor into his thinking at one, at one time.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, he, he's, he basically accepts the fact that he's Santa Claus pretty late in the game, <laughs> and then never stops to think, hey, what about all the people who don't believe I'm Santa yeah. Claus? Like, the way <laughs> I did for most of the movie.
1: Uh, before we go too far, there was just a single shot of uh, Neil kind of mourning Charlie by holding his Christmas stocking. I'm like, oh, man, this guy has a heart. He's the only rational person in this movie.
0: I, I gotta say, this movie does show a lot more, like, deference and empathy for Neil than a lot of movies would to the kind of
1: snooty psychologist-type yeah. new husband character. Exactly. Um, There's still no Rudolph as they they start to take off. Uh, Comet has made Tim a Christmas card. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I get. Well, again, he farts magic dust. It's. Is it that hard that he <laughs> that he w- to believe that he would make a card? He can cut pinups out of magazines and put them on the wall. So, uh, unless he forces the elves to do that, that would be weird.
0: I mean, they do have a lot of elf labor on hand. And Comet is a nasty one, as we remember.
1: He's very <laughs> growly. Uh, see so yeah, how they go flying around the world. Charlie starts pointing out all the new features on the sleigh. Which factor? End of the story. Not at all. Well, we do see a cookie come out of what looks like a CD drive. Yeah, and that plays into the narrative in a big way. Uh, Tim loves cookies. Still, could be cut without any.
0: Uh, we, yeah, whatever. Um, so they they go flying around the world. By which I mean, they go flying around the greater Chicagoland area. <laughs> Tim <laughs> yep. goes back to the to the girl who he saw earlier, uh, and the this North time p- is nice to her. Is the North Pole just an island in? The middle of Lake Michigan? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think it's in Windsor
1: or something <laughs> like that. The North Pole is in Canada. That's why Santa's so nice. Uh, but he ends up at Sarah's place, the little girl that he was such an asshole to at the beginning of the film, um, delivering... Uh, he sets down a unwrapped uh, game of Chinese checkers. Yeah. Uh, wee with, Chinese checkers! With the marbles intact as he's setting it down, like, they're almost, like, glued on there. I don't know. This is a weird choice to me but he starts to drink the milk finally and he's like oh i think this milk has gone sour and she Uh, goes
0: no it's soy milk you told me that you were lactose intolerant how fucking sweet is that and he goes i did tell you that that was very sweet of you like he's very nice to this girl yeah which i guess makes up for him being a dick earlier so so his arc is completed
1: being a dick to a girl and then an hour later being nice to her you could do that in a short film yes um back high over the city uh charlie spots mom and neil's place says can we stop there next uh, and they do, and as Tim is unloading presents, I don't know why he wanted to stop there next, because Charlie stays in the sleigh, and Tim goes down to just loan put presents under the tree.
0: Yeah, and also Tim, and you know, Tim is putting the the presents under the tree, and the house is full of cops who come out and ambush him and arrest him. And it's like, really, Tim, you didn't think this was gonna <laughs> happen? Like, what did you think was happening at home? Like, yeah, there's no curveball
1: to this. I took away a well- child. Let's let's examine this for a second. Yeah. The cops burst into the house unannounced, with no warrant, well, they, no reason to believe that he's in the house. Well,
0: no, they've been they've been staking out the house. Also, it's Christmas and he's got a Santa Claus fixation. But why would a SWAT
1: team be raiding the house at this, this moment SWAT, with...
0: This isn't a SWAT team, bro. This is just well, a bunch they, of they certainly, are hiding out inside. Later they, they on... They act
1: just, like a SWAT team. Well, yeah. They come with like... Well, oh, I guess it's not guns drawn, but he definitely has a walkie-talkie pointed like a gun at yeah, one point. Yeah, E.T. style. But still, why would they at all be... They have no inclination that he's inside this house. It seems likely...
0: I mean, look, if I was a... Look, if I was a criminologist and it's like we've got a dude who took the kid from this family and who's obsessed with, with Santa Claus... Christmas is the time
1: that he's probably going to do Fair. something. It makes sense to station cops at the house this night. But which I agree with, but why would they walk in at that exact moment I and mean, it's just one were, of these deus ex machina no things. no deus ex Copina. the cops <laughs> were already in the house so we don't see them walking into oh. the house they are like waiting in the shadows oh i missed and that part yeah well well eggnog on my face yeah eggnog all <laughs> scrambled eggnogs all over your face but he does get arrested and they are literally hoisting him out of the house which
0: is impressive because he weighs at least 192 <laughs> pounds as
1: we've seen from the from That's, the. Part of the, the magicalness of Santa is, like, he looks big, but he only weighs about 72 pounds. That, that's pretty good. Well, it's also part of the magicalness of these police is that they have a really good physical training exam <laughs> that they, they have to do this. But this begins the uh, choice
2: uh,
1: decisions being made by the Lakeview Police Department in uh, their their image. Like, oh this God. is very bad PR to just hoist Santa out of the house and make a spectacle of the whole neighborhood while kids are watching. Yeah, perp-walking him and sticking him in the back of a police car and, dry- and all these kids are
0: like, Santa, what are you doing to Santa? No. <laughs> like, as though cops in the Chicago area didn't have a bad enough uh, reputation already. Like, as though Rahm Emanuel hadn't done enough <laughs> to tarnish the legacy of the Chicago yeah. police. Then this...
1: Uh, and, uh, after he gets taken away, Charlie is just left alone on, on the, the roof. roof. Yep. Yep. Uh, cut to the North Pole where, uh, Bernard is drinking some reanimator serum. Yeah. It's like,
0: it's like a blue, it's like a green fizzy drink through a crazy
1: straw with, with, uh, dry ice in it bubbling over the top. It's uh, yeah. He gets, he gets the like life alert that, uh, Santa has been taken off. He's fallen and he can't get up. <laughs> And, and so they, they nonchalantly send out elves, which is
0: the elf version of the Navy Seals. (laughs) And what does that stand for? Uh, I didn't write it down. Oh, me either. Elven Life Force Squad. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Yeah. Alien life. It's the, it's like the elves, the alien life. But what do these people do? uh they put on they well they run down a hallway for seven or eight hours uh it's a bunch of <laughs> not children to zz top it goes like, a lot faster when zz top's playing certainly everything goes faster when zz top's playing if, if this podcast for example if you listen to zz top in your other headphone it goes by a lot faster and it weirdly syncs up to everything i i know well that that was intentional it's like dark side of the moon we also have also the reason i teased this earlier i think the reason they used zz top in that scene yeah beards oh the beards beards that's yeah. the only thing they didn't it's, have any
1: spinning guitars though True.
0: Maybe that's in Santa Claus, too. Ah, maybe. The elves go running down the hall, they yeah. strap on jetpacks and go flying off into the night. You I... call them jetpacks, I call them proton packs. <laughs> well, they don't use them to bust ghosts, they use them to fly <laughs> like one would with a jetpack. No, but they do use them to bust in a moment here. Well, busting makes them feel good. <laughs> uh, so they, yeah, they fly off. Uh, I've My parents and I, on a whim this past Christmas, watched a movie called Arthur Christmas, a computer oh, yeah, animated yeah. movie that is, I'd give it a B-minus, but... Uh, it, there's a lot of movies. I feel like right now, Arthur Christmas is the only other one I can seize on. But like, that kind of take this notion of, hey, let's like, yeah, what's the North Pole really like? Like, how do the elves actually work? Like, what yeah. kind of bureaucracy is it? And like, it's the same sort of like very militaristic, like clockwork commando type organization run by these <laughs> these elves. And I don't know. I just feel like Hollywood is really into like, what if the elves were like the Navy SEALs? I'm I'm
1: uh, the first thing that floods my mind is ludicrous as an elf in Fred Claus. <laughs> <laughs> you see I haven't seen Fred Claus. I, I haven't either. Okay, but you know but it's th- from the trailer and it's been in my uncanny valley ever since. Well, speaking of black elves, um these these this will come up in a second, so just Okay. Like a-
0: these, these elf kids fly from the North Pole there to Illinois. There's a
1: shocking lack of diversity in the elving, elven community. Yeah,
0: there. you know, a yeah, uh, thing that I noticed as well, but again, it works to their benefit when these kids come, they land on the roof and they rescue
1: uh, Charlie and they fly yeah. off with him, Peter Pan, E.T. style. Well, that, that happens in a second. We don't want to forget the interrogation scene. Oh yeah, they're interrogating, yes. So Tim has been arrested. He's being uh, in a very stereotypical single light, dark room with a detective investigator asking him okay he's trying to coax a confession out of him yeah uh, saying okay now I'm gonna ask you your name and you're just gonna tell me it's Scott Klein so what is your name and uh tim goes into a million variations on chris Kringler. yeah chris Kringler, like Santa claus and or a billion others yeah and seems to be taking joy out of it as opposed to trying to get out of the situation
0: and seeing tim intentionally frustrate someone and mug for the camera is a lot easier when he has a gigantic beard and like white <laughs> santa wig on yeah. it's just it, it's a little better when he is the himself so the kids come the elves come Yes, they, uh, land on, they land on yeah, the roof. Mom's they, house.
1: They rescue Tim. Ugh, Charlie. They rescue Charlie, who is just sitting there freezing his ass off like a creep. Like, at, at that point, why wouldn't you go downstairs and say, hey, mom, sorry, I wasn't missing. I'm just going to stand up here uh, uh, on cradling my knees on the house in frostbiting. I lost my train yeah. of thought there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All good questions. So they fly off with Arthur. Arthur? Arthur. Wrong movie. This is Christmas, but it's hot in here. They
0: fly off with Charlie and they fly and they go to the police station. And this is why it's good that there's no black elves cuz they walk right into the police station up to the desk sergeant who is shoving donuts into his face. <laughs> uh-huh. And they go, "Hey, we're, you know, we're here to we're here to bust Santa out of jail. Who are you guys? We're your worst nightmare elves with attitude." And then <laughs> They. By the so, way, that is not my worst nightmare. No, 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 no. There's so
1: many wor- like bears, uh, the ghost of Ted Bundy, <laughs> Harpo Marx charging at me in the middle of the night, making the gooky face and holding a meat cleaver. Uh, the moon from from the Earth to the Moon.
0: Trip to the Moon. Uh, <laughs> Trip to the Moon. From the Earth to the Moon is a miniseries, but the moon <laughs> in that is also pretty scary because it's real. Uh, yes. Uh, so anyway, they they come around uh, the desk and. They just start wrapping the the this cop up in uh, ribbons and tie him up and then stuff a donut into his mouth <laughs> and. And then they go and they uh, they pick the lock uh, that holding the jail cell door that that uh, Tim is is held behind. They they pick that with tinsel and they bust him out. I'm just saying, if these elves were anything but all white, there is no way the cops would be willing to like, oh yeah, I guess I'm just gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. Oh no, I'm tied up. Like this, <laughs> this would be a bloodbath if Ludicrous was one of these elves. Uh,
1: that is probably unfortunately true.
0: Yes, I mean again, uh, elf lives matter. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, like just if you look at the incarceration rates, like white elves go to elf jail
1: so much less than black elves <laughs> who have committed the same crimes. Yeah. We cut back to um, Laura's house, and this is where they're just kind of looking for lonely into the distance, like, "Oh, I wish I had Charlie back." As opposed to being out there on the well, streets a, looking for him. So they're looking for lonely into the pita bread that they're filling <laughs> up with sprouts. It makes yeah. no a Christmas pita bread. Yeah, well, I guess you know when you don't have your kid at Christmas, it's all you want—the antithesis of Christmas, which is sprouts and as a vegetarian even i'm like that was a lot of sprouts yeah it seems it's too much <laughs> like you put nothing else in there you need a you need a good ratio it's the foam
0: packing peanuts of food <laughs> uh but uh, at this point charlie bursts in with tim yes and and it's this happy reunion between mother and son and they see tim there and are kind of like what are you doing and there's
1: sirens in the distance yeah. Tim starts to apologize for stealing Charlie uh, in the first place and says that he has to have a talk with him. Um, And this is where things just kind of start magically happening. Yeah. I mean, characters start just acquiescing to the conceit of the story for some reason well because the movie's almost over that's how it works all right uh yeah no you know he says
0: i can't you know he tells charlie no you should stay here with your mom and neil i can't be selfish we can't be together all the time they love you and they need to be with you too and laura's face just completely softens and she's like oh (laughs) person who kidnapped my son for a month you acknowledge that that my son who i have the legal guardianship of should be with me oh my god he's such a sweet guy
1: now i want to point out when tim has this conversation with charlie here about not being able to take him back uh you know on the road with him uh this is where i thought that the little twilight zone theory i had started to fall apart but then i started thinking about it a little bit more and it makes sense that the only way, like, if Charlie's father was saying this, he would absolutely you know, impart another curse on him. yeah, but because he has morphed and manifested Santa Claus, it's the only way that he can start to process all of the inner workings of this divorced family, yeah, and uh, that he needs to be able to spend time with both parents. Um and so because he's manifested Santa Claus, it's much more palatable to him, yeah, um, and I maybe that was his subconscious. Uh, uh, defense mechanism working all along, all through this movie is like once I make my dad Santa Claus, I'll be able to process this a little bit better. Yeah, I
0: think that I think that makes sense. I haven't got. I'm sorry, it's been a long podcast and it's hot in here. I haven't got much else.
1: Tim actually says the line, "You help make me Santa."
0: Yeah which oh, okay. I thought was interesting. That, as well. Yeah, that that actually that that closes it off. I mean, it really is the the kid is kind
1: of the centerpiece of yeah. all of this. He uh, this is a boy who hates his father so much that he wishes his father was Santa Claus. Yeah, like I, I that takes a certain level of uh, psychosis, I think, to not go. Oh, I you know I can appreciate Santa as a, a concept and an entity of and of itself. To go, no, I want my father to be Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, and then manifest that. Yeah, I mean it's one thing. Yeah,
0: like truly, very few kids actually want their parents to be Santa. That's yeah. that's the wild thing.
1: So, uh, at this point, I, I I felt like I missed something with this transition in Laura. Like all yeah. of a sudden, she looks at th- uh, Tim having this conversation with Charlie, and then just goes, "You are
2: him. You
1: are Santa." <laughs> and at this point, one of the the best reactions in the movie. Judge Reinhold just kind of like puts his hands up to his temples and goes,
0: what? Yeah. (laughs) What is
1: happening right now?
0: And for, for a second, it seems like judge Reinhold is the only sane person, but like a minute later, then judge Reinhold gets up close to him and looks at him and goes, Santa.
1: (laughs) He well see this is interesting because he like steps into like too close a proximity to the magic that Charlie is creating, yeah. and like he starts to give way. the The facade breaks. Away. He's like, "Are you, are you really?" Him? And then as soon as he backs away and gets out of the the periphery of the magical circle, out of the sand, uh, he's like, "No, no, no, this can't be right." So he's constantly battling with like reality, <laughs> and and so then a second later, uh, uh Bernard
0: Bernard shows up. and He walks in holding the pita thing that he's eating, and and. You know, Neil looks at him and was like, "Oh my God! You see what happens? His, his, he's pulling us into his delusions. Look how detailed this is. Look how amazing it is!" And he yanks the PETA thing back from Bernard. Bernard disappears, yeah. and he goes, "Let's go flying everywhere!" <laughs> and and you know, Neil's like, what? "What's going on?" And Laura just goes, "It's fine. I'll explain it later." And it's like, "What? How? What?" <laughs> started believing this a second ago what you now you know everything
1: <laughs> oh my god and then as if there weren't enough magical conceits happening here we get the ruby slippers uh, uh moment where bernard's like yeah okay tim's gonna leave and finish out the night but if you ever want to see him remember that snow globe i gave you all you have to do is shake it and he'll mm-hmm. appear yeah uh which seems like a, a very uh imprisonment sort of way to keep tim tethered to to charlie's whims yeah again fits the fits your theory fits like the theory. tim lives at his son's back in call now just uh, like all of the in the especially in the joe dante version in the movie where yeah. it's like the the family that kid's family are like sequestered in that cartoon house yeah uh they they are tethered to him
0: yeah they can't
1: leave
2: yeah
0: Uh, so anyway, the cops all show up like at the end of National Lampoon's Christmas vacation SWAT (laughs) teams charging around sniper rifles at the ready I mean, it's yeah, it's full on they've they've, you know, most likely got their tank rolling out at the at the time Kids are lining up around the barricades Uh, so, you know, but then mom and and charlie come running out and say no, 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 everything's fine You know, the SWAT team goes running into the house. She's like no, my husband's already gone up the up the chimney uh, Neil kneels down next to Neil hymns down next to Charlie <laughs> and says, "Charlie, I'm sorry." Uh, which this is something I really liked about this movie is that they didn't have it end with. Neil being a huge asshole and Laura leaving him and getting back with Tim Allen. It's like, no, no, she's moved on. And Neil's a good person. He just didn't believe the crazy things happening. But is a good person. And when he's
1: confronted with the evidence, this is actually a real thing. He
0: is nice to his
1: kid. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Also, I don't know if this is as weird and jarring for you. And maybe you have an explanation as to why it exists. But um, from all of the onlookers, all of a sudden, elves just start popping up in the crowd. Yeah. Why? Why? Because I guess they want to see. They want to see what
0: they want to see if Santa gets capped and who the next Santa becomes. But where Where do they come? What's their travel method?
1: I don't know. Maybe they stole some jetpacks or something. I mean, look, okay. Bernard, Bernard can just show up wherever he wants yeah, to. I, I mean, they're all manifested by Charlie. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Um. And so we get <laughs> we get a very morbid, uh, nonchalant line by Charlie here, where. Uh, Charlie, I can't remember exactly what he says, but then Neil goes, "You know what? You're gonna make a really good psychologist someday." Yeah. And then Charlie looks to the skies and goes, "Someday I'm gonna go into the family business." <laughs> Meaning he's gonna kill his father and take over the Santa suit. <laughs>
0: yeah, and straight up Game of Thrones stuff. Like he's gonna <laughs> stab him in the back, and uh, you know, there you play the game of
1: of, of sleighs. Yeah. Uh, you win or you die. <laughs> uh, Cues him and- to to fly around on the little sleigh, dropping presents on uh, not not all of the audience. Not. You know, you would think that he has gifts for all of the onlookers. Maybe they're all naughty. They're like, that's a mortal sin is uh, to, to be fascinated by somebody else's demise. It's but... a commentary on how uh, the
0: police are all inherently naughty because <laughs> they uh, enforce an unjust justice system. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh,
1: but he does drop three presents. One for Charlie, one for Laura, and one for Neil.
0: And uh, and Neil gets his weenie whistle, and Laura gets her dating game, and Charlie gets a soccer ball because I guess he wanted a new soccer ball. <laughs> I mean, he was playing soccer earlier it's not too far out but yeah and uh he does a couple laps over the whole crowd the police make a point of not shooting him down which again shows a lot of restraint for the police in the midwest
1: animated snowflakes start to fall um and uh what what a time okay oh then charlie pulls out the the snow globe well we pull back from tim
0: flying away pull back from the neighborhood and then we pull back further and further until we pull out of the snow globe and it's Charlie standing outside the house I was so
1: confused by this I thought I it was like at that was moment I'm like was it all a dream yeah uh I used to read a word up magazine I used to read Santa magazine <laughs> uh and I'm like was this a time transition was this a fantasy transition how much time is this time a is tool spent? time transition <laughs> <laughs> uh and then it, you know he shakes it and he's like oh shit it didn't work ah oh, shucks and then he throws it down the drain and um it Pennywise picks it up um <laughs> But Tim Tim appears and apparently it's only been a ten minute transition. Yeah. And that part, I was like, man, that crowd dispersed and all the barricades went away and all the cop cars left yeah. really quickly if it, that's only ten minutes. And
0: it just undercuts everything like we the movie could have ended with us panning away or like pulling back from all of it. But no, he has to shake the thing. Tim arrives, he's like, Oh, I was only gone for ten minutes. And Laura's out there watching and he's like, oh, well, you want to go, go on a quick ride with me? And he goes, yeah, mom, can I? Or like, yeah, only for moms, mom says, it's okay. And she's like, okay, okay, fine. And so Tim takes him and he's flying with his bag back up to the sleigh. Just completely undoes the entire conflict of the last half hour of the movie. Yeah. Also, it's Christmas Eve. He has lots of gifts to be delivering. <laughs> and so then Laura's like, don't fly over any oceans, Tim. Tim? Well, Scott, Scott, Scott. Santa and they're flying <laughs> they're flying off over the city together and so it's like it's and it undoes everything it's like yeah he's back to being an asshole and taking yeah. his son with him all the time i don't know why they added this weird little <laughs> stinger that 10 minutes after everything happened we had to show this extra thing
1: yeah and as they fly off uh we you know see the the cityscape and all that stuff uh which brings me to a point i meant to mention earlier there is another city, a cityscape shot where we see the moon and, you know, this being a Disney movie, there's a hidden Mickey. The hidden Mickey is in the moon. Yeah. Um and uh Q roll credits, uh cheesy music plays and yeah. uh we go get a burrito. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, so uh, to conclude this this long episode, uh, and this being your first time, you know, we, we pointed out a lot of plot holes and weird things and hopefully you know, in the same kind of lovingly manner that, uh, Mr. Science Theater does. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of like, I don't, I certainly don't hate this movie. Either. I don't hate this movie either. But I, what was, yeah. What was your first viewing take off this?
0: You know, um, I thought it was, I thought it was sweet. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really like, honestly, the fact that, the fact that they ha- treat Neil's character so well and that they don't have yep. it just be like, oh yeah, like this person was wrong to ever leave Tim. And yep. like, that, that I really liked, and, uh, you, you know, I, I like that he ultimately, like, so much of it is undercut by those last, like, two minutes of movie after <laughs> after the whole thing ends. I think that can be said of a lot of 90s movies, though. True. I, I don't know. So, I yeah, overall, I liked it. I think it's better than probably a lot of Christmas movies, certainly yep. a lot better than Christmas Vacation.
1: Would you put this on, Um, you know, if you're looking for a Christmas movie sometime? If this was on during Christmas, would you turn it off? I wouldn't ne- well I don't know and there's nothing else on like sure. every channel yeah. is showing you this. You lost your uh, Apple TV remote and you can't oh. find anything else Too soon dude <laughs> uh, so so
0: if this is on a Christmas I couldn't I couldn't get anything else and and all seven of my Blu-rays of The Hudsucker Proxy had been lost or destroyed <laughs> Well in this some is fashion. Christmas not New Year's Eve I know but but I would just wa- I would just watch it be like yeah you know New Year's Eve is coming up there's a Christmas party <laughs> in one scene in The Hudsucker Proxy Uh no I mean I, I would I would watch this like I would probably do it, it. I would probably roast a bowl or have something <laughs> have something to drink with it, or like have friends mm-hmm. over. Like I'd put it on in the background at a Christmas party. Yeah. I would be, and I would have my friends be quiet at certain scenes that are ridiculous. Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah. No. I would. I wouldn't
1: not watch. Like I'm eager to watch the next two and see where, oh, the, are, where okay. the saga goes. That's yeah. another big uh, big question. Is like, yeah. would you continue watching? Because I know Martin Short shows up. I think as Jack Frost. Maybe. Oh, I think I remember that from the trailers. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the third film. Yeah. Uh, and that's where it gets very like uh super family friendly so um you're getting less of the adult humor i believe and more cartoony stuff great so Good. that's i if memory serves me there's a moment in one of the the latter films and this is just going off of the trailers where i, uh, I a ro- arose such a clatter <laughs> instead of the actual facial hair i think it's more like you remember the duracell people uh commercials that they had where it's like kind of plasticky skin Uh. he has like a plastic beard and hair instead it's a little disconcerting so uh, who knows what's in store for those movies Uh, maybe we'll cover them maybe not we want to hear from you guys how did you feel about this episode hopefully um, those of you who are big into Christmas and uh, this movie didn't uh, didn't mind us kind of picking it apart a little bit for two hours and 15 minutes at this point yeah (laughs) yeah I mean we we do it out of joy we wouldn't have done it if it was completely unwatchable and not anything enjoyable. So yeah. It was an enjoyable experience. Yeah. So uh you can hit us up and let us know how you feel about this episode. Um I guess this goes into uh one of our normal outros, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well if you enjoyed today's show and you want to help us create even better content like this episode that you just listened to, or our uh April Fools episode of the Muppet Babies, uh consider becoming an official grunthead or neighbor on our Patreon. Uh- which- what do they get if they do that?
0: Well, if you if you support us on Patreon, you get access to all kinds of great things. But the first and best thing you get access to is our supplemental podcast, Grunt Work Nights, a podcast about everything but the TV series Home Improvement. It's just all nonstop tangents about
1: basically whatever we're thinking about that day. Well, we, we uh, focus them on a specific subject and then kind of pontificate off of that one yeah. topic. Uh, you also get some other rewards like a personalized thank you video at the $5 tier. Uh, you can suggest topics. You can uh, do all kinds of stuff. So you can find all that information at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Yeah. Uh, if you want to help others find this show, consider leaving us a rating review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And when they do that, Truman, tell them what they get. They get an Oscar Mayer weenie whistle. Ooh. That's yeah. nice. Uh, yeah. And uh, no one will judge you for having it. I will judge myself for not having one because uh, I will be jealous. Uh, hey, hey, Ryan, hold your horses here, man. <laughs> uh, please stop by, or Truman, just please stop, um, <laughs> and say hi to us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, where you can find us at Pod. You can find information on today's show and all of our shows on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Taking it back to 94. Uh, while you're there, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter where you can get uh, notified of... Uh, new episodes as they're released and get exclusive uh, content and until next week where we're not here because we're officially on our mid-season break vacation all we ever wanted <laughs> we will be back uh, the first Tuesday in May um, so guys go out there uh, go to Cancun go to wherever you have your spring breaks go meet a girl and and just
0: tell her hey what's up hey what's up that's it I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. sorry I've, I've
1: got I've got nothing left in the tank <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And Merry Christmas to all, and to all, a good grunt work night. So...
0: Ooh, back to our pilot. <laughs>